employees as they escaped from the building. They saw it happen. They said it took hold in a, in a matter of minutes. It was remarkable how quickly this fire took hold. Um, they don't know what's going to be happening. Uh, they've been told to wait for word overnight, um, uh, although the, the current plan is to arrive 8am in the morning. Quite what they'll find, I don't know. At least 950 teachers and school staff have been accused of having a relationship with a pupil in the last five years, according to figures from local authorities. 254 went on to face a police charge, though it's not clear how many of these led to a prosecution or a conviction. These statistics apply to state schools under local council control. Milton Keynes Council is spending £4 million buying houses on the open market to help ease its homeless problem. The authority currently has 53 families in bed and breakfast accommodation. Conservative councillor Edith Bald, who's responsible for the new city's housing, says it's a good use of taxpayers' money. It's a radical step, but it's a pragmatic and important step to make inroads into our B&B numbers. Well, I think it's a good use of the money as well, because one third of that money will come from the right to buy receipts. So it's actually come from the social sector. We're reinvesting it back into the social sector. The former United States Defence Secretary Robert Gates says he laments the scale of the cuts to the UK's armed forces. Mr Gates, who ran the US campaign in Afghanistan under President Obama, says the cuts, especially to the Royal Navy, will leave the UK without a spectrum of capabilities. The Ministry of Defence says Britain still has the fourth largest defence budget in the world. In football, Watford will be away to Premier League giants Manchester City in the FA Cup fourth round. City won their third round replay 5-0 against Blackburn last night. The weather, a mix of sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy this afternoon with a high of 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sing Hosanna's, it's three minutes past six. Wow! Fun times, guys. Fun times. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including internet trolls have forced the administrators of a Facebook group for a missing man to make it private. Neil Devlin left a friend's house in Leighton Buzzard on New Year's Eve and hasn't been seen since. So why do some people think it's appropriate to post jokes, abuse and false reports he'd been found online? We'll also be bringing you the latest on a pretty dramatic warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell. And if you could choose the gender of your child, would you? Did you find out the sex of your child when you or your partner were pregnant? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I know we don't normally start with a song. Justin, would you indulge me for two minutes and 15 seconds? Oh, please, I just fancy a bit of this. Okay. 
fancied a bit of Paul McCartney honky-tonk piano. Sometimes you need that, don't you? Sometimes you need a little bit of that, and it, it, it kicks the morning off to a great start. Uh, morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. A uh, lot to talk about. The phone number will be given out shortly. But here's an interesting one. A Facebook group set up to help search for a Bedfordshire man has had to be made private after people posted jokes, abuse, and false reports that he'd been found on the site. Now, shock horror, people on the internet acting like complete and utter idiots and being nasty and rude. Who'd have thought it? But, you know, I kind of expect it, because I do a job on the radio, and it attracts that sort of nut jobs. But on a website, on a Facebook page, where they're trying to find a missing man. I find this incredible. 37-year-old Neil Devlin is a well-known figure in Leighton Buzzard, where he works as a trolley pusher at Morrison's. He has learning difficulties and was last seen leaving a friend's house in the town on New Year's Day. And despite a police search, he's still missing. Posters have been put up in Leighton Buzzard and beyond, and people are genuinely worried about him. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been in Leighton Buzzard. What have people been saying to you, Justin? Well, it's a horrible story, this, isn't it? You know, when, when it comes to the internet, we see this sort of thing all the time. It just, it just makes you wonder what sort of people are out there writing this stuff. Um, I've been speaking to Neil's friends at Morrison's in the town. They're clearly very concerned for his safety, but, but also very, very angry about the comments which have been posted on social media. Here's what people had to say. Just every day just people have been asking just like asking us for updates just hoping for the best now you knew him can you try and describe him he was one of your friends yeah definitely um like went out a few times with him like with people from work uh, just really nice bloke just yeah he's a happy chap and just always up for chatting and whenever he comes in here for work and stuff I always like catch up and stuff with him are you shocked about what's happening at the moment, the fact that he's still missing? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I just, as I said, never really think it'd be something that would happen to like, someone you know. Like, I was out with him like a couple of days before it all happens and was just very taken back by it when I heard the news. So he was acting totally normal? You didn't suspect anything at all? No, nothing at all. Like, just his usual self. What do you think has happened? I don't know. It could be a number of things. I'm just hoping for the best that he's just, like gone off with some mates or something but I don't want to think the worst but obviously it's starting to be a while now so and the comments on Facebook a number of people have been uh, abusing the Facebook site trying to find your friend how does that make you feel knowing that that people are writing this sort of stuff uh, it obviously sickens me really that like, people were like just trying to get involved in stuff they don't really know but it's just typical internet typical Facebook really it doesn't surprise me too much but just trying to stay out of it myself and just trying to do the best I can and help in any way I can. I suppose he was very quiet like myself. I'm a quiet person as well. I've also got... Um, I also have um, mild learning difficulties like he does. No, I didn't see it coming at all, no. And everyone's saying exactly the same? Yeah. So, so nobody suspected yeah. anything? No. What's your thoughts on, on what's been written online? A number of people posting false rumours about Neil's disappearance and what might have happened to him. What do you think about that? I think it's horrible i heard a member of staff the other day talking about comments on facebook and she said it was awful but how does that make you feel as somebody who knew him somebody who worked with him you're you're hearing about these comments how does that make you feel uh, it's, it's disgusting i feel awful and your message like everybody else is here that if you have any information whoever's small for goodness yeah. sake just phone the police yep absolutely yeah. you just all want him back and want him yeah. back at work as quickly as possible yeah because i want him back as well he's a good friend well, it's a very sad story, and if anybody has any information, of course, then let us know. Um, uh, and hopefully this gentleman, Neil Devlin, will turn up safe and well. But why, 
why would anybody go on a Facebook page for someone who's got learning difficulties and has been has gone missing and say, oh yeah, I know where he is. Oh yeah, yeah he's dead. Oh, I know what has happened. Oh, uh, and go and post jokes and think, why would anyone do that? I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. Here we have a, a young man uh, who's been missing since New Year's Day. Everyone in Leighton Buzzard is trying to do all they can to find him and find him safe and well. And here you have a few idiots posting nonsense online. And you've heard there from Neil's friends, you know, this is very, very distressing for them. It's not knowing at the moment. And they're seeing these comments online and it's really, really upsetting people. The thing is, you do hear about this uh, um, fairly regularly. Quite often if some, uh, some people put up site Facebook pages, I don't know why you do this, but some people do, uh, because they've lost a child or something, you know, the child has passed on. Mm. You'll get people posting obscene and offensive videos and yeah. comments. They're, what, I, what, hey guys, where, how are you getting your jollies from that, you idiots? There are some very, very sick people out there, but some people just think they're being funny. Yep. You know, yeah. how you can go online and post false information about somebody who's missing and be sitting behind your keyboard laughing, I don't know, but clearly those people are out there and they're causing lots of distress in the town of Lace and Buzzard. Justin, thank you very much. We'll speak to you a bit later on. If this has happened to you, if you've been a, a, we can expand this. If you've been a victim of internet trolling, trolling, is that how you say it? I'm never quite sure how you, trolling. I'm never quite sure how you say it. Trolling. Trolling? I think it's trolling. I don't know. I'm never quite sure Some how you say it. Some people call them trolls, don't they? Yeah, okay. We know what you mean. Yes. If you've been a victim of it, uh, then do give me a call. 08459 455 555 and let me know how it made you felt. I, listen, I've had it. Not, obviously not in any way as bad as, as Neil Devlin's um, uh, friends and family will be, uh, will be uh, having it. Why, how do people get their jollies from this? I just don't understand. 08459 455 555. <laughs> There ain't no good in our goodbye. True love takes a lot of trying. Oh, I'm
I love, I love Barry Manlow. I don't care what that implies about me. He's flipping brilliant, isn't he? I'm a closet fan of Low too. Isn't he wonderful? He's doing some concerts soon, and let's be honest, let's be honest, he's not going to be around for much longer. He's not going to be around forever. I'd love to go and see him. He's kind of a Karamak, isn't he? Sorry? Well, you know, it's, there's not I, I much a... goodness in it. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. It's immediately fun. Yeah. And it's quite 70s. Isn't it funny? I had a Karamak yesterday. I really fancy one. I had one yesterday. I really fancy any kind of food now. Can we but get what Justin... is a caramac? It's not chocolate, is it? It's caramel. Is it? Is it Isn't condensed it? milk or something? Something like that. Oh, I fancy a can of condensed milk now. Stop saying food things to me because I'm getting hungry. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you want, if you're a secret uh, fan of do give us a call. Let us know. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. In Newport Pagnell, Penny Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road because of fire at a warehouse. And in Aston Rowan, still problems left over from flooding. The Chinner Road is closed between the A40 and Church Road. I'm Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice? Yes? Are you a secret fan, Ilo? Do you like Barry Manilow? Eh, sure. He's OK. I'm neither here nor there. Stop sitting on that fence. <laughs> <laughs> Alice, thank you very much. I'm going to take that as a no. 6.17, it's Thursday the 16th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Abuse has been posted on a Facebook page set up to find missing Leighton buzzard man Neil Devlin. Firefighters remain at the scene of a warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell. In football, Manchester City beat Blackburn 5-0 in the FA Cup last night and go on to meet Watford in the fourth round. The weather, brighter if slightly colder, with sunshine and scattered showers. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow, I'm being let out of the studio for the first time this year. I'll be live from the Goodman Centre at Stoke Mandeville Stadium, where I'll be having a go at wheelchair basketball and telling you quite how tough it really is. Across beds, hearts and bucks. There'll be local artists popping along to tell me all about their projects and we'll have some fantastic live music from singer-songwriter Katie Buckhaven. Nick Coffer. Come down and join me at the Goodman Centre at Stoke Mandeville Stadium tomorrow from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Dearie me, dearie me. Listen, 20 years ago, either today or yesterday, I'm not quite sure that we lost Harry Nilsson. 20 years ago! Let's have a little bit of Nilsson, shall we? Why not? Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind People stopping still I can't see their faces Only the shadows of their eyes I'm going while the sun keeps shining Through the pouring rain Going well the weather suits my clothes Banking off of the northeast winds, sailing on summer breeze, and skipping over the ocean 
like a stone Like a stone Everybody's talking at me Can't hear a word they're saying Only the echoes of my mind I won't let you leave my love behind No, I won't let you We're just having a little discussion about, about Harry Nilsson. I thought he wrote without you, but it turns out he didn't. Badfinger did Badfinger. write it, but he wrote it and had a big hit with it. Uh, he played he, it and had a big it. hit. He sang what it. What else did he sing? Uh, I'm trying to. Um, let's have a. Uh... He wastes a lot of time in that song with his woos, doesn't he? He, d- he didn't write that. Fred Neil wrote that. Uh, he's good. He's good. Um, Harry Nilsson. Let's see. He wrote a couple of songs uh, for the Monkeys, of course. Nilsson Schmilson is just a wonderful album. Go and buy, go and buy Nielsen Schmilson. Educate yourself. Forget your Jake Bugs and let's make it our album of the week. All right, fine. Let's let's do that. Nielsen Schmilson. I've got it somewhere. I need to find out where it is. Um, uh, yeah. So there we go. That's Harry Nielsen. So for you. what was the? What did he say? Okay, Kath, are you ready yet? Uh, yeah. If Kelly can get the audio in quick while I walk from there to here. If you could tell me what it is. <laughs> wow, this is what, in the queue. What you're hearing, too, guys, is this is the behind the scenes. We, we've uh, the dog has jumped up and pulled the curtain to one side, and behind you can see um, the smoke and indeed the mirror machine working overtime to bring you radio. While we're waiting for Catherine to uh, come in, very quickly, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Front page of The Independent. Britain to act on illegal gender selection. Department of Health asks to use independence data as basis for new investigation into use of abortion in some ethnic communities to stop female births. So, there are some groups of people who are choosing the sex of their child by aborting girls. Would you choose, if you could, if there was a scientific way of doing it, would you choose the gender of your child? I got two boys, I'd love a girl, of course I would, but I wouldn't be that bothered that I would, you know, do some jiggery poker. Well, I'd do some jiggery pokery to, to, to get pregnant in the first place, but to ensure the sex of the child. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. This then led me to um, a, a different conversation with Catherine where she didn't find out the sex of her two children. And I did find out the sex of my boys. I, I would not be able to um, know, because once you're in that room and they're doing the scan, the nurse can tell. And if you've got a keen eye, you can tell as well if you see a little thing floating around in there. You, you kind of know. But I wouldn't be able to um, not know. I, I would have to ask, knowing the technology exists, did you find out the sex of your children? Oh, wait, four, five, nine. Four, double, five, five, double, five. Now... 
Firefighters have been working to contain a fire which has destroyed a warehouse on the outskirts of Newport Pagnell. Crews were called to the Waterline Distribution Centre on Rennie Park Road at about 10 to 2 yesterday afternoon. Catherine Bowles will looking into this. Catherine, what do we know? Well, there's an awful lot There's an awful lot floating about on Facebook, etc. And on YouTube, there are some um, some pretty shocking pictures. The smoke, it's, it's, it's not just any, any old fire. It's a thick plume of smoke. Very black, dense Incredible. smoke. Um, the warehouse... The talk is that it contained fridges and freezers. We've yep. not had that confirmed as yet, so we'll work on that towards uh, in, in the course of the day. Justin's on his way to the scene of the, of the fire right now. We'll be speaking to a leading fire officer later. But we know that it's been severely damaged in a fire at the Waterline Distribution Centre in Newport Pagnell. 60 firefighters were dealing with the incident yesterday in Rennie Park Road. They were called there at about 10 to 2 yesterday afternoon. Uh, as you say, this thick plume of smoke could be seen for miles around. Must have been very alarming. Imagine then how it was for Walter Smith. He was working two doors away from the fire and he told our reporter what he saw. It was absolutely enormous. The smoke was bellowing. It was a small fire to start off. Then all of a sudden there was an explosion and everything whether it was cylinders or not, we don't know. The Liberal Democrat Milton Keynes councillor Douglas McCall could also see the fire. You think that when you hear about fires like this on industrial uh, estate, you think, well, at least it's, it's usually out of town, away from residential areas. Not in this case. It's actually quite near to residential areas. Um, and Liberal Democrat Milton Keynes councillor Douglas McCall lives in one of these properties. He could see the fire from where he lives. Such a big fire and the smoke. And then I walked round, because I say it's only 100 yards away, and to see the flames leaping up into the sky... And this was very early on, and then loads and loads of fire engines have just come one after the other, and loads of sirens. I mean, the place is like a war zone. So really dramatic stuff yesterday in Newport Pagnell. It's not a massive place, so everyone knew about it. Councillor McCall also told us he was hopeful this wind would blow the worst of the smoke away from the local homes. If you want to have a look on YouTube, we'll put the link somewhere where we can find it, maybe tweet it, yep. because it was something else. Here's what uh, Councillor McCall had to say about that. It's very thick acrid smoke so uh, yes i mean people who say they can smell it i smelt it in the house i've gone and made sure everything's closed to try and make the house as airtight as possible we're going to be speaking to ian wilson live in the uh, rest of the program but he's the station manager from buckinghamshire fire and rescue we called him at the scene uh, he told us back then that they weren't taking any chances over that plume of smoke the factory contains lots of fridges and uh, all the associated man-made products that are on fire, poisonous gases, basically. The more it travels towards the north-northeast, the more diluted it will be. Obviously, it's in training air all the time. It will be an irritant, no more than that. Obviously, if you are very close to it, then it's extremely toxic. The further away from it you are, the better. It gets more and more diluted. But our standard recommendation is to stay indoors. Catherine, thank you very much for that. We'll put some, uh, there are loads of clips on YouTube. We'll put a couple up on the Facebook page, uh, maybe. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Justin Dealey is on his way there now to see what the situation is like. And if you were affected by it yesterday, if you saw it, could you give us a call and, and tell us what it looked like, what it smelt like? How did it affect you? 08459 455 555.
Newport Pagnall, Penny Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road. It's because of a fire at a warehouse yesterday evening. Major routes all looking good at the moment, no problems on the speed sensors. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. A Facebook group set up to help in the search of a missing Bedfordshire man has had to be made private after abuse was posted on the site. 37-year-old Neil Devlin was last seen in Leighton Buzzard on New Year's Day. Firefighters are still at the scene of a huge fire at a warehouse in Newport Pagnell. The blaze took hold at the Waterline Distribution Centre yesterday afternoon. Milton Keynes Council is spending £4 million buying houses on the open market to help ease its homeless problem. The authority currently has 53 families in bed and breakfast accommodation. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy, with a high of 10 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Watford will be away to Premier League giants Manchester City in the FA Cup fourth round. City won their third round replay 5-0 against Blackburn last night. The Hornets lost at the same ground in the third round last season, as goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain recalls. Although we got beat 3-0 in the end, you know, we certainly uh, you know, gave them a few little scares. So yeah, I mean, there'll be players that weren't here last season that will be looking forward to going to the Etihad and, uh, and players that did play there last year that looking forward to going back again. So, uh, and I'm sure the supporters will be, you know, to go to a Premier League ground like that is, uh, is a, a big one for, the, for everybody. Tickets are running out for Stevenage's FA Cup tie against Everton a week Saturday. Last night, the club announced just 350 tickets remained for the match at the Lamex. The Middlesex director of cricket, Angus Fraser, says Hertfordshire's Stephen Finn needs to fall back in love with bowling after being sent home early from England's tour of Australia. Fraser, who was part of the decision-making for Finn to return, says the bowler can regain his confidence. When things aren't going well, you, you fall out of love with the thing that you love most when you're a kid, which is, which is bowling. And, and almost that's where Stephen needs to, to go, is to enjoy bowling again, rather than to become a, a trial, which is, which is what it's obviously become over recent months. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What you can't see is um, I take my shoes off to do the show now. It's my new thing. Catherine Boyle's wearing my shoes. Look at that. Look at your huge feet. You look funny. They're really comfy. Aren't they just? Yes, you see. Got massive blokes' feet though. Oh dear. 
BBC Three Counties Radio, that's her. Oh, hello. Yeah, there we go. And this is Gary in Luton. Morning, Gary. Morning. Gary, you're right. Yeah, not too bad, mate. We're talking about finding out about the sex of your children. I did it, and Catherine, you didn't no, do I it. No, I didn't. Why I did, not? I didn't think it was any of my business. What do you mean it's not any of your business? They're going to be living with you for the next 20-odd years. I have... I know people, I have friends who had named oh, right. the baby, sorted out their bedroom, bought their wardrobe. Yeah. And I just think it's too... It's counting your chickens. I just oh. thought I'll leave it be you, and I will be grateful for whatever. Do you think it's bad luck then? I don't believe in luck, but I just think... Yeah. Juju? Bad juju? No, I think it's about letting them be who they're going to be. Oh. Maybe uh. it's a bit more hippie than, than mystical. OK, Gary, did you find out the sex of your children? Uh, I've, no, I've, 20 years ago when my, when my oldest was born, yeah. in Milton Keynes they wouldn't tell you because uh, there was problems with other cultures... Uh, oh. Aborting babies of, of the female sex. Wow, really? And okay. That, and and that was up until fifteen years ago as well, when my uh, when my daughter was born. Uh, and and it's Milton. <laughs> hey, so did you did you ask uh, Gary? Did you ask them? Did you say, look, can you look? Come on, obviously, yeah, I'm not going to. They said they wouldn't tell. They, they, they didn't tell you in Milton Keynes. In Milton oh, Keynes, yeah, they did not do it at Milton Keynes General Hospital. But 
but that's changed now, and they do because uh, I've got an eight-year-old son, and I, and I was this was with a different partner, and she wanted to know, so we did find out. But to be honest, I, I was okay with not knowing; it didn't bother me. It, like, I suppose because you didn't have the choice. And we did find it rather peculiar that you did have the choice in other parts of the country, but at that time as well, twenty years ago. Uh, uh, things weren't uh, technologically. We weren't. Uh, they, they couldn't be sure. They never said, "Oh yes, boy," or "Oh no." Oh, they never. I mean, even now, they they never a hundred percent because what looks like you know what could be a dinkle might just be, be a, a wrinkle. You know, you never quite. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't end that sentence in any appropriate way, so I went for that. You're ne- you can never be a hundred percent sure, particularly no. if it, if they're saying it's a girl. That could just mean it's tucked up. Well, this is it. My little niece has just been born, and they wanted to find out what they were having, and they were told it's ninety eight percent sure that it's yes. a girl. That's not sure, is it? No. So they couldn't go and buy pink things because they weren't quite sure. So Gary, thank you for that. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I would like I, I would like the mystery of it popping out and going. Oh look, it's it one of those. Brilliant. But I just couldn't be that patient. I'm too. I'm. I'm. I'm the um, MTV generation. No, hang on. I'm Generation X. No, what am I? Anyway, impatient. That's it. I'm. I'm the impatient generation. I want it now. Oh, I just liked the mystery of it. I liked because I was always talking to them, whoever they were. You know. Yeah. No, I just. I was telling you earlier. I worked with a fella um, once, and uh, he, we were talking about kids, as you do, and you've got nothing else to say to someone about kids. And he had two daughters. Oh, we talk about kids a lot. We have nothing else. He was, he was saying he had two daughters, okay? He just had a daughter born. And when the se- he, he didn't, they didn't know the sex of the, the, the baby. And when the, the, the second child came out and it was a daughter, he's like, oh, that's, that's great. Oh, I'm just going to go outside and get some air. And he went outside and cried because it wasn't a boy. He was oh. disappointed it wasn't a boy. I thought that was incredible. It is, but it's quite common, I think. I had a friend who was convinced she was having a boy, and when she had a girl, she said, I kept looking at the cotton thinking... This isn't right. This is a mistake. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I always wanted a girl, but then we found out it was a boy. Brilliant. It's a boy. I, Brilliant. Is it healthy? Good. Well, fantastic. Exactly. I could only imagine having girls because I come from a quite female-heavy family. Yes. But I wouldn't have minded a boy. I was grateful to be anyone's mum. And then you get those people that have got four boys and they, they try because they want a girl. That's selfish, isn't it? Well, don't you get it, though, with people saying to you, because you've got two boys, yeah. wouldn't you like a girl, though? Because I get people saying to me, I've got two girls, wouldn't you like a boy? I really don't. Want I, I, no, I would like a girl, yes, but I'm not going to keep trying until we get one, which some families do. Some families have got five boys. We're going to try. We're going to try again for a girl. Which you're going to try for a girl. Oh, another boy. Six boys. Let's, let's, one more. There we go. I think that's very selfish. Uh, let's put this out, shall we? Lots of things to talk about. 08459 455 555. Uh, uh, did you find out... Th- th- lots of things here. Did you find out the, the gender of your child? Uh, were you disappointed with the... Were you disappointed? Is anyone going to be brave enough to admit they I'm were disappointed? I'm sure they're not now, but if you would admit that immediate feeling yeah. of... Oh. Uh, and uh, have you kind of try- kept on trying for, for a, a boy or a girl? Which seems an odd thing to do. But I've never me. felt that longing for one particular gender. No, I've never felt the long. It, it would be nice. Get the full set. Yeah, well, I don't... But, I, but I'm, I'm not longing. I'm not bothered. Really? I'm really not bothered. You're I'm not bothered done. about a lot of things. I'm no, done. I am done. It's closed. The shop is closed. <laughs> My womb's days of working are over. Oh, you said the W. It is, but I've got two of two children, and I remember yep. feeling when I had the second one, we're all here now. Lovely. Job done. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. You, where are you going? Oh, yeah. We got... <laughs> Did you see Kelly? Did you see that? Did she go to leave? She, she yeah, got up to leave. We've got another five minutes. I thought she you wants had... to come back in here with me, that's why. Oh, we have cuddles. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell people about that. Sorry. Like, 
We can either do the papers or I can play a song. Let's do the papers. I'll play a song no, if you No, no, I think this is an interesting story. These two kids oh. that have run away from the posh boarding school up north in Clitheroe, yep. um, they've not run away to South End, you know, like they would on the Biker Grove or whatever. Yeah. They've run away to the Dominican Republic. They're living it up in the Caribbean. Now, and this is they're all on, like, his dad's credit card or something, isn't it? Wow. And I kind of think, good for them. Good on them. There's, well done. There's part of me that thinks that, but I don't know whether it's just uh, working to middle-class prejudice because I'm thinking, well, if you're going to pack me off to boarding school, guess what, Daddy? I'm out. There's one of the... Um, uh, in, I think it's in that in the sun. The, 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 the school kids, all the school kids going, yep, yeah, they're heroes. They're heroes. To us. Of course they're heroes. They're, they're living the dream. It's rock and roll. I think we should perhaps play a song. Really? Have you got... Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's have... Kelly Betts, you, you can be the judge of this. You like don't Would you like to buy a pair of Andy Murray's pants? Not ones he's worn. Although I'm sure there's a market for that. Tennis ace Andy Murray is going for game. Song ages ago. And Maxi well, oh, hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. What, what do you think, Kelly? I'm leaving it to you. Yeah, we should play a song. Should we play a record? Yeah. Okay. Let's... Can we play something by Tennille? Yeah. Thanks. You're just embarrassing yourself now.
Three Counties Radio. Did you see the sex of your child? Did you find it out before they were born? Is anybody going to call up this morning and admit they were a little bit disappointed that they were having another boy? Or it was a third girl? 08459 455 555. Quarter to seven. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise starting to build up now between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. In Newport Pagnell, Penny Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road because of a fire at a warehouse. On public transport, First Capital Connect have possible delays on services running via Welling Garden City. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Six forty-six or thereabouts. It's Thursday, the sixteenth of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Abuse has been posted on a Facebook page set up to find missing Leighton Buzzard man Neil Devlin. Milton Keynes Council is buying 40 homes at market rate to house the homeless. In football, Manchester City beat Blackburn 5-0 in the FA Cup last night and go on to meet Watford in the fourth round. Coming up, we'll have more on that story about Milton Keynes Council buying 40 homes. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, it's a day of sunshine and showers. I think for most of the daylight hours anyway, we'll be talking more sunshine than showers. Uh, some good spells of brightness and lots of dry weather around too. There will be the odd shower at times, yes, uh, tending to be quite light. It's quite wet underfoot as well because we've seen plenty of rainfall overnight. Temperatures at the moment, we're between 5 and 7 degrees across the three counties. Those temperatures likely to rise by the time we get to the afternoon up to uh, between 8, uh, perhaps as high as 10 degrees Celsius. It's mild still for the time of year, not quite as mild as it was yesterday. That's 50 in Fahrenheit. So yes, some bright spells around, a fairly brisk southerly breeze. As we head into this evening's rush hour, you want to watch out for further showers. These showers are likely to be heavy and more persistent and they will carry on through the course of the night as well. So um, yeah, plenty more wet weather around for us, possibly another 10 to 20 millimetres. It's quite a lot of rain through the course of the night. Now as we head into tomorrow morning, we're starting off the day on around 7 degrees there will be further showers at times and um, some spells of sunshine in between longer spells of rain on saturday so sunday looking like the better day of the weekend and by then it's going to feel a touch cooler that's the forecast Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Milton Keynes is smarter than your average city. And the borough has now been named as one of the five places invited to a Smart Cities Forum. With the best local news stories. Bedford Hospital's leadership has been described as weak in a damning independent report into the problems in the paediatric department last summer. With the best local talking points. An ordinary postman from Watford had a dream that one day that he would raise enough money to build the first free independent hospital in his hometown in Pakistan. After three years of campaigning, hard campaigning, Houghton Regis Leisure Centre Swimpool had been saved and will in fact be reopened. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, do you remember when Milton Keynes Council was named and shamed for keeping homeless families in B&B accommodation way past the legal limit? Well, they found a way to ease the problem. It's spending £4 million buying 40 homes from the open market to rent out. 
Well, Labour councillor Nigel Long chairs its Health and Adult Social Care Committee. Morning, Nigel. Good morning. Nigel, it's fair to say that the problem of homelessness in Milton Keynes last year it was at an all-time low, wasn't it? It was a terrible position, and it's still really bad for those 233 households that are currently in temporary accommodation, who perhaps were sleeping in bed and breakfast last night. It's still a huge issue. The big problem is that building or acquiring 40 houses doesn't solve the problem. In fact, it goes very, a very short way to, to addressing the issues, and there's some really big policy problems in the city. basic issue is that we're not building enough low-cost or affordable homes and we're down to only one in ten properties as a council house in Milton Keynes now. Only one in ten. Now, this is, you're right, it isn't going to solve the problem, but it, it, it's certainly going to ease it, isn't it? Well, not really. It's going to oh. create a, another series of problems, because what's going to happen is the council's going to buy up the cheapest properties to make the most of its four million, but those cheapest properties are going to be in, if you like, the poorest part of town. And what it will first of all do is it will remove from the market low-cost houses that people moving into home ownership might have been able to, to afford. But secondly, what it will do is it will take people who are in bed and breakfast, some vulnerable people, and put them into the poorest part of town. So what we're in danger of doing is concentrating uh, more and more vulnerable people in the poorest parts of the city. So. We, we need something a bit more, um, a bit more savvy, a bit more thought through than that. Are you saying then, Nigel, you think this is actually a bad idea? Well, it's got some real negative problems. The real issue is that the council needs to build very large numbers of council houses, and to do that, the government needs to remove the cap that it's placed on the council's ability to borrow from its housing account. Why are there so many homeless people? Niger? Well, I think, I think there are a number of reasons. One, because very large numbers of people have come to Milton Keynes over the last 30 years, and their kids have now grown up and are having families, and there isn't the low-cost housing that there should be that there was when I first moved to Milton Keynes sort of 30-odd years ago. Um, I think, secondly, there are problems of instability in the labour market, people losing their jobs. There are problems of the affordability of Milton Keynes. It's a very expensive place to live. I think there's some real insecurity in the private rental sector, which is an increasingly big part of the housing market here. I think there are people who can't afford their mortgages. I think there are people who manage their affairs um, badly because they're quite vulnerable. So the whole series of factors make Milton Keynes, if you like, a city where there's a quite high level of uh, homelessness. What can the council do beside this? If there is a cap on the number of houses they can build, they, their hands are tied, aren't they? Well, I think there's a number of things we can do. Firstly, the council plans to give um, planning permission for 28,000 new homes over the next 25 years. I think what we've got to make sure is that a big proportion of that I favour 50% are affordable, because at the moment it's about 20%, so we're creating a bigger, longer-term problem. The second thing we need to do is go back to the government and say, look, remove this cap so we can borrow against our income streams and we can build large numbers of houses. So it's a combination of a lot of new houses, but those new houses must be affordable. But we still need a mix of housing. But they're not going to do that. We, we, we always know when new developments are built, there is a, a small percentage are affordable, a small percentage are for social housing. It, it's all about money, isn't it? It is about money. It's about developers who own the land, or are developing the schemes, and want to, if you like, make the most money out of each development. In London, in parts of London, local authorities require 50% of homes to be affordable, and I think we need to adopt that sort of target here, because Milton Keynes is more akin to, to parts of London with its, its high costs. Nigel, nice to talk to you. Thanks for your time this morning. That's Labour councillor Nigel Long. If you want to have your say on that, 08459 455 555. Morning, sleepy eyes.
soft spot for the Eagles as well I went to see the Eagles once in concert with um, my friend Maxie the Dixie Chicks were supporting, we missed the Dixie Chicks he said oh, I'm working but I'll get there I will get there, we won't miss much of the show I've got the tickets, I'll meet you at Twickenham Stadium so we got there and the band were playing, okay, and I thought oh we just missed the beginning and as soon as we sat down they went, okay thanks very much, we'll be back in half an hour, we missed the entire first set of the Eagles What? I've done something similar I fell asleep through a whole status quo concert and woke up at the last song. Those poor Dom is Merrick, though, aren't they? I was gutted. I, well, you weren't, I went to a status quo concert. They're brilliant. Well, it's the same song with different words over it, top, it, isn't it? It was. They, they did some good songs. Butterflies. Pictures of Matchstick Men. Great song. Um, whatever you want and rocking all over the world. Or, or, great songs. Yeah. But they played for like two and a half hours. No one needs two and a half hours of the quote. They're nap. the Ken Dodd of rock, are they? They're very much so. Yeah. It was. It was, it was kind of a little bit. Uh, oh. Yeah, we bets. could do things that you've missed, even though you were there. Well, we uh, we could do. Go on then, set it up. Things that you've missed, even though you were there. Oh wait, four five nine. Four double five. She's not. Five double five. She's not really got it. My mum missed the plane, even though she was at the airport. I've missed two buses while standing at the bus stop. Okay, not really. I mean, even by your standards, Catherine, that's pretty low. She didn't put "Call Me Now" in. Oh, that's sorry. The fatal mistake. Things that you've missed, even though you were there. Call, Call me, me now. I oh, wait four um, five don't nine. Don't join in with her. Four double five. Five, five double five. five. Okay, we will get. Li- I guarantee you, we will get literally zero well, calls. We've already had four. I know most of them are mine, but they're, still, they're yours. We will get zero calls on that. I can't I wait help four you with five nine. Four double five. Five double five. Call, Call me you, now. Yeah, you can't just saying "Call me now" and the phone number and over and over again does not generate phone calls. Okay, look. Oh, look. The switchboard, it, maybe it's broken after they turned off the power yesterday. Or maybe nobody's calling in because it's a rubbish topic. Sorry? I think maybe they missed it. They're there, but oh. they missed it. Call me now. Oh, wait, 459 It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Newport Pagnell, Penny Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road because of a fire at a warehouse. And the M25 anti-clockwise heavy going now between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect have possible delays and cancellations to services between Stevenage and London stations. That's after a signalling problem at Welling Garden City. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. So, 
a new card is on the table. Things that you've missed even though you were there. I don't know why I'm saying the words, because nobody is going to call in with that. I mean, just, I'm so sorry. I'm really embarrassed. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Abuse posted on website for a missing man in Bedfordshire. Firefighters remain at a warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell. And Milton Keynes buys 40 homes for the homeless. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Facebook group set up to help in the search of a missing Bedfordshire man has had to be made private after abuse was posted on the site. 37-year-old Neil Devlin, who suffers from learning difficulties, was last seen in Leighton Buzzard on New Year's Day. Tony Fisher has more. Posters have been put up all over the town and Bedfordshire police say they're very concerned for Neil's safety. Now, despite the public's best efforts to find him, the Facebook site Help Find Missing Neil Devlin has been made private. Administrators say they had to take control of the comments to stop any bullying and malicious rumours. Firefighters are still at the scene of a huge fire at a warehouse in Newport Pagnell. The blaze took hold at the Waterline Distribution Centre yesterday afternoon. Nearby homes were evacuated as firefighters fought to bring it under control. Our reporter Ben Nye spoke to some of the employees after they escaped from the building. They saw it happen. They said it took hold in in a matter of minutes. It was remarkable how quickly this fire took hold. Um, They don't know what's going to be happening. Uh, They've been told to wait for word overnight, Um, uh, although the the current plan is to arrive 8am in the morning. Quite what they'll find, I don't know. Barnfield Federation and College could be taken over or dissolved if the results of an inquiry go against them. The consequences have been revealed in a letter from the Minister of Skills to Luton South MP Gavin Shuker. Three government investigations are taking place into Barnfield over the way it was run and the way it handled money. Milton Keynes Council is spending £4 million buying houses on the open market to help ease its homeless problem. New council homes are also being built for the first time in 15 years. Conservative councillor Edith Bald, who's responsible for housing, says other sites are also being considered. These are going to be bungalows with adaptations for people who are disabled uh, and will free up family homes from our council stock. As well as this site here, there are another three garage sites in Bletchley that we're focusing on and another 25 roughly to come from there. The former United States Defence Secretary Robert Gates is warning spending cuts to British armed forces will limit what the UK can do on the world stage. Mr Gates says Britain will no longer be able to act as a full military partner to the US. Nearly a 1,000 teachers or school staff have been accused of having a relationship with a pupil in the past five years, according to figures obtained using freedom of information requests. Teaching unions insist many of the claims made are never actually substantiated. In football, Watford will be away to Premier League giants Manchester City in the FA Cup fourth round. City won their third round replay 5-0 against Blackburn last night. The weather, a mix of sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy this afternoon with a high of 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Oh dear, now, now I'm getting abuse from blooming feminists on Twitter. We've asked, oh dear, we've asked the question on Twitter, 
were you, uh, if you found out the gender of your child before it's born, were you happy or disappointed? Well, a feminist, Karen Ingala-Smith says, sex, not gender, gender is a social construct. All right, love, calm down. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including... Internet trolls have forced the administrators of a Facebook group um, for a missing man to make it private. Incredible story. Neil Devlin left a friend's house in Leighton Buzzard on New Year's Day. Hasn't been since, seen since. Well, some people thought it was funny to post jokes, abuse and false reports he'd been found. Why would anyone do this? And have you been the victim of internet trolling, trolling? bring you the latest on that fire in the warehouse in Newport Pagnell. If you want to see pictures of it, go to the Facebook page. And we have... We're plumbing new depths here today. Things you've missed even though you were there. I mean... Really. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or give me a call. 08459... Four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I, I do apologise. I, I, I want to encourage a lot of young people working at BBC Three Counties Radio, and a handful of them uh, show a little bit of talent. And I want to encourage and nurture that talent. Okay, I, I want, um, you know, to, to, I want to help the young people. Some, I mean, you heard Ben in that report then, brilliant. He's going to go places, Ben Nye. Cracking, excellent stuff. Um, Sophie, brilliant, wonderful. Kelly Betts, eh, not, not so much. Not Thanks, so much. Mate. Rude. We've been lumbered. Let's be honest, we've been lumbered. We, we literally drew the short straw. I've been here longer than you, so technically I've been lumbered with you. OK, well, I'm, I'm, anyway, you have come up with a phone-in topic mm. that I guarantee will get no response. What is, what is it? Things that you've missed even though you were there. Right, okay. I.e. Yeah. Ian and Milton Keynes, Fader 1. Morning, Ian. Morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you very much. What, what have you got? Have you called up to tell us how ridiculous this topic is? No, it's a great topic. And as soon as Kelly said it, I thought, oh, that's a great topic, and it happened to me once. Um, go, go on. I was at the Epsom Derby a few years ago. We had um, a box and champagne lunch and all that. Well, I had far too much champagne, and the race, the derby that Banky Tory won, his first derby, yes. I was in the toilet growing up. Oh, so you were the, the classy. So I missed it all. So I backed, I backed the winner, but I missed the race. So, Kelly, that's a cracking subject, and there'll be loads of people like me that have stories to tell. They won't be, Ian. And if they are, let's hope they're on a better line. Fader two. Oh, for goodness sakes. Who's this? Paul and Milton Keynes. Paul, yes, go on. What have you got? Hi, uh, yeah. Um, Milton Keynes, about 85, 86. Uh, I know one of the ones was Jeff Rotowan. Loads of different ones. I got hit over the head with a bottle and ended up in the St John's ambulance tent. Oh. And then just walked home with a great big gash in my head. So, you, hang on, so you went to see Jethro Tull at Milton Keynes Bowl? Yep. So, some would say a blessing that you missed uh, the uh, the flute antics of Ian Anderson. No, but there's loads of different ones on it. It's all in one day. Oh, OK. And you got, you got a, a bottle chucked at you? Yep. What were you doing? I was just in the crowd. OK, so was it, was it a random incident? Yep. Okay, right, I see. And how, how how gutted were you, Paul, that you missed it? 
Well, I don't know what headache. So I wasn't really the bother by the time I got home. <laughs> and you just staggered home with a big gash. Yep. Paul? Oh, he's bandaged up and everything. Oh, okay, they're bandaged up. Paul, thank you very much indeed. Okay, well, we're, okay, so we're getting the calls, Kelly. Yeah. We're just, we're just, we're not getting the talkers. Uh, what about Irene on Fader 3? She's oh. in Luton. Irene? Hello. Good night, Hi, Irene. What have you got? Yeah, my friend. It wasn't me, it was my friend. She went Still to counts. Michael Jackson. Yes. And um, she was at the front uh, um, at the concert. Yes. And as Michael Jackson came on stage, she fainted. Oh. I had to take her out, so she missed the whole lot. She missed the whole concert? The whole... Con- How long has she fainted for? She, she just fainted. As soon as she fainted, because she was at the front, yeah. they took her out. And they wouldn't let her go back in? No. Oh, I'd have been furious, <laughs> Irene. I'd have demanded to go back in. I know. She's just about to touch Michael Jackson, and that was it. And is that why she fainted? Because yes. he was that close to her? Yeah, she was... Him. Him, so <laughs> no. Hang on, he was that close to her. Yeah. Yes. He, is your friend a man? No, a woman. So hang on a second. And who's Michael Jackson's a man? Oh, is, I think so. I, he bubbles if you want him. Well, well exactly. He, he would know. Right. So yeah, I can't imagine. Listen, I'm a, I'm a fan of some people. I can't imagine being that much of a fan that I would faint. I know you're a fan of mine. So if you see me, you probably faint when uh, you see me. If I see you, Irene, I'm running in the opposite direction, my love. <laughs> Good night, Irene. Thank you very much indeed. OK, well, there we go. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call on that. Things that you have missed, even though you were there. I, I mean, I'm, really, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah, I really am. Now on to slightly more serious things. A Facebook group set up to help in the search of missing Bedfordshire man Neil Devlin has had to be made private after abuse was posted on the site. 37-year-old Neil, who suffers from learning difficulties, was last seen leaving a friend's house at Falcon Mews in Leighton Buzzard on New Year's Day. Posters have been put up all over the town and concern is growing. Well, Glenn Haynes is one of the administrators of the Facebook page. Morning, Glenn. Morning. Glenn, how do you know Neil? What's your connection with him? Um, he's my neighbour. I live right opposite him in our block of flats. And he's, he's quite a well-known character, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's, he all, he's always walking around town and He's, he's always out and about, so every... Leighton is such a small town. People realise who it is and they see him who it is every day. And also, he's out in the car park at Morrison's and he always chats to people at Morrison's. He's quite a friendly, well-known man, yeah. And so you would chat... He was a friend of yours, was he? You would chat to him and things? Yeah, yeah. If I saw him on the stairwells, I would chat to him and when he comes home with his shopping, I'd give him a hand with his shopping up the stairs. Now... Been missing since New, since New Year's Day. When did you first find out that that, that he had gone missing? It was two days after, um, about Friday. Um, my neighbour downstairs, Dave, asked me if I re- had heard from Neil, and I realised no, I haven't heard him in the past couple of days because usually I can hear the door go, mm. and I haven't heard it the past couple of days. So I was, it grew concerning, and when he said that he missed a day off work, now Neil. He's never out of habit. He'll never miss a day of work. And the fact that he missed a day of work was really concerning. How worried are you, Glenn? Me? Uh, really worried. Yeah. He must be. Yeah, I mean, this is not like him. He, he's, he wouldn't have left his cat. I mean, the cat was his mum's cat. And he just wouldn't have left the cat alone. You decided to use Facebook to try and find him. Yeah. How's that going? It was... Brilliant. I mean, it, it has been brilliant. We've had so much help and support from amazing people. 
I mean, with this past week, we've got 12,000 posters out, let alone, that's just from my side. Jade's had posters out. Um, there's people printing out posters, sending them out in Hemel. We've got someone in America sharing his picture in America and Sri Lanka. I mean, it's been brilliant. The support that we've had has been amazing. But you ha- there has been abuse posted on there. What kind of things, what kind of bad things have people been posting? Um, it was mainly, there was a lot of bullying going on. Saying what kind of things? Just bearing in mind the language and the time of morning, but saying what kind of things? Um, there was a lady, a psychic lady, for one instant, this was the very first one, was a psychic lady. She decided to come forward. And oh whether you believe in psychics or not, it's, it's not a place to debate it on the site. And he was being, there was a guy on there being really horrible and really abusive, telling her she's fake. Why do you need all this information? You're fake. You're just wasting time. And really being nasty and vile towards her. Mm. So we had to just remove him straight away. And we also had another fella that was trying to use it as a dating site. And it just... Sorry? We had another fella trying to use it as a dating site. A Facebook page for a missing fella with learning difficulties and some bloke on there trying to pick women up? Yeah, every woman that chat, he'll just come on and then he'd ask if he could be friends. He'd done it with my friend upstairs. And he goes, I realise you've got a boyfriend. She said, yes, I've got a husband. He goes, okay, then buy it, and then removed her. Now, why would you go around asking friends to be friends and then not even ask about Neil, just ask if the lady's got a boyfriend? And have people been saying that they've found him or they know where Neil is? Yeah, we've had reports of bodies saying there's been a body found and there's not been a body found. And that's unfair on his friends and families. Every time they see that, their hearts must sink. Mm. And there's also people saying that they've seen him around and hopefully then some of them are true. But majority of the time, they're not. And majority of the time, it's just people putting on there just for attention. Well, Glenn, listen, keep up the good work. I, I-, I wish you the very best of luck with, with your hunt uh, for Neil. And, um, you know, obviously, if we hear anything and if you hear anything, please do let us know. That's Glenn Haynes, one of the administrators uh, of the Facebook site that's looking for Neil Devlin. I'm also joined by Ryan Hollyoak. Ryan is the duty manager at the Leighton Buzzard Morrisons, where Neil works. Morning, Ryan. Good morning. What, what was What's Neil like? Um, Neil's a really happy guy, friendly, uh, always has time for people, never too busy to help somebody out. Like uh, Glenn was just saying, he's the type of guy that would talk to the customers, always offering a very good service, and I think, you know, that that's been evident in the way that the local community have rallied around to support this case. When did you realise, I mean, Glenn was saying there that, 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 that Neil liked to follow um, routine. When did you realise that he, he, he was missing? He hadn't just forgotten to turn up for work, he was, there was actually a problem? Um, well, like Glenn said, Neil was a guy of uh, regularity and he did miss two shifts, which we felt was... Um, it was not like Neil to, to miss a shift and not phone in. So after missing the second shift, we did contact the police. Um, actually, by that time, though, the police had already been contacted by his neighbours. But after missing two shifts, we, we were becoming concerned. And we know he has learning difficulties. Is, is he the kind of chap that would sort of wander off on his own or, or disappear without telling people? No, no, not at all. Um, he, he's a self-sufficient guy. He holds down a job, he holds down a flat, he pays his bills... You know, no, not at all. He's a self-sufficient adult. You must be very concerned, Ryan. Uh, yeah, everybody at our store uh, is very concerned. He's got a lot of friends there, a lot of people that have a lot of deep emotion for him. So, yeah, we're all very concerned. And you've got posters up in the store, is that right? 
Uh, yeah, the company have created posters. Um, after Glenn and Jade had actually brought something for us originally, uh, we've got posters in outdoor, uh, all the local branches, so Ellsbury, Milton Keynes, Watford. Uh, we believe he's got family in Watford. Uh, we believe he may have some family in South London as well, so we've got posters in all our London stores. So, yeah, we, we, we have uh, past posters around the company. Uh, Ryan, I appreciate your time this morning, and I, I wish you the very best of luck um, in the hunt for Neil, and uh, let's hope that that story ends happily. It's Ryan Hollyoak. He's the duty manager at the Leighton Buzz and Morrison's where Neil works. 08459 four double five five double five. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. It's coming up to 7.16. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1M southbound slow at Junction 7 for Stevenage now. Also struggling on the sensors at 2 for Wellham Green. On the M25, anti-clockwise, heavy going between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Also quite busy between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On public transport, First Capital Connect have possible half an hour delays and cancellations to services between Stevenage and London stations. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 7.16, it's uh, Thursday the 16th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Abuse has been posted on a Facebook page set up to find missing Leighton Buzzard man Neil Devlin. Firefighters remain at the scene of a warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell. In football, Manchester City beat Blackburn 5-0 in the FA Cup last night and go on to meet Watford in the fourth round. The weather, brighter if slightly colder, with sunshine and scattered showers. Coming up, we'll have more... Oh, no. More people who... Things you've missed even though you were there. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS Show. Well, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? It's a horrible word. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. But why do you want to kind of tiptoe around the issue? People are people. People aren't fat just because they're big. Tackling your consumer problems. Over the last few months, I've been palmed off every few days. There are some absolute rogues out there yeah. in the car industry. Tim, I'm going to send uh, Wayne in yes, to you. Tim. Let's get some detail and we'll get okay, this sorted John. out. The J- BBS show, weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kalito on the M1, don't encourage this nonsense, please. I can't help it, I'll stay true. Got, well, okay, what, what did you miss even though you were there? There's a couple of things. Um, I was supposed to uh, DJ at a wedding in Italy. I was supposed to get there the, eve, the morning of the eve of the wedding, yeah. and I, I, I ended up going to the wrong gate. And for oh, mate. Well, that's just stupidity. You're phoning up to say you're stupid, Galito. <laughs> for goodness sake. That's something to be proud of. How, frust- so. how frustrating is that, though? Completely. And I did not like it whatsoever. But, hey, I got there in the end, and it was sorted. It was a great night. Um, also went to see The Firm, the film, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Go on. I went there. I fell asleep first time round, so I thought, "Sorry, I'll go again." Yeah, why A week not? later, I did exactly the same thing. Wow. Fell asleep through it all. There you go. You see, Kalito, you are. It turns out you're a very lazy man. <laughs> Kalito, thank you very much indeed. Steve, oh, Steve the Milky, I would have thought more from you. I'm sorry. Um... Don't in, don't encourage and condone this sort of behaviour from Kelly Betts. Well, I've got two stories. I'm based on same sort of thing, but. Two different things, really. There's one thing I missed. It was 
I went to the birth of my first son. Yes. Un- Don't tell me you're in the wrong room. <laughs> yeah, I was on the wrong woman's ass. No. Unfortunately, he had to go in for emergency section, so oh, I was just like going, oh my God, what's happening? And on the second thing, about about uh, knowing the sex of your child. Yes. My, uh, my, my second child, I had two scans. It was going to be a lovely girl. Yeah. But, w- but when, when it was born, I had to uh, tell my partner at the time there was something wrong. It had dangly things between his legs. There was a it wrinkle. Was a boy. There was a wrinkle in the winkle when they scanned it. Yes, this is, this is the thing. It's it, not. It, it's not one hundred percent accurate because, as we all know, it, it can fold behind. He was. He was hiding. He was shy. Yes. Had you had you bought girl things? No. Okay. Well, that's something. No, I we... I could not. If we were ever to have another child again, <laughs> I would have to know. I would love to be able to be patient enough to wait and find out the sex of the child when it was born, but I would have to know. I couldn't not know. Well, that's the fun of it, not knowing and having, having and that surprise when it's born. Does it? Does it matter the sex as long as it's healthy? Hey, well, that no, it doesn't. Doesn't matter at all. I'm just very curious, Stephen. Ah, I see. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Can we not have any more calls about things that you missed, even though you were there, please? Well, if they call, we put them through. That's the rules, isn't it? Why did you go all Jewish or Italian all of a sudden? <laughs> hey, they call, we put them through. No. That's oh. just how I feel. Okay, she's doing the hand motions as well, dear listener. She's doing the hand motions. Now, a big story, a warehouse uh, containing fridges and freezers has been destroyed uh, in a fire at the Waterline Distribution Centre in Newport Pagnell. 60 firefighters have been dealing with the incident in Rennie Park Road. In a moment, we will uh, talk to their boss, Ian Wilson. In the meantime, our reporter, Justin Dealey, uh, is in Newport Pagnell. Justin, yesterday we, we saw all the pictures of the, the thick plumes of smoke, really dark black smoke. Mm. What's it like now? What's the scene today? Well, it's very dark this morning. What I'm going to do, Ian, I'm actually going to go to uh, the site at 8 o'clock this morning. We believe, according to our reporter, Ben Nye, who was there yesterday, that members of staff will be turning up this morning for 8 o'clock. So I shall be live there a bit later. In the meantime, I'm with John Smith, who is the mayor of Newport Pagnell. John, thanks for your time. Um, You're live across Beds, Arts and Bucks. Just uh, describe what you saw yesterday afternoon. Well, it was just a huge plume of smoke filling the sky, and you, so as you got closer to it, you could actually see the flames sort of coming up through this dense black smoke. Um, once you got there, it was really well alight, and it, it was just a horrible sight, really. Just flames leaping everywhere, firemen everywhere, police, the whole road's being shut off. It was uh, quite chaotic. I mean, you live, what, 300 metres away from the warehouse. Can you uh, describe the smell in the local area? Yes, it was, um, once it got closer, um, it was very much a lot of burnt plastic. It was a really horrible, acrid smell. It really got up your nose. Now, your attention will uh, obviously focus on the staff members. I mentioned that to Ian a moment ago. You have been speaking to members of staff. What are they saying to you? Well, a couple of chaps I saw yesterday, uh, those had obviously been evacuated prior to it, and they are obviously concerned. Well, that's it, they said. That's my job gone up in flames as well. So we, d- we just hope that alternative premises can be found and the company can continue trading as soon as possible. What can you do as a councillor, though, to, to help these people? Because if they've lost their jobs, you know, realistically, what can you do for them? Unfortunately, um, not a lot. As a local council, we don't own any buildings. We can't offer them alternative accommodation. We can't find jobs for them as such. Um, our hands are tied, really. It, it's very disappointing. You just feel hopeless. Okay, and just lastly, how upsetting was that for you as uh, the mayor of Newport Pagnell um, to see that and to experience that yesterday? 
Well, whilst it can be spectacular to look at, obviously, you know, people's jobs have gone up in flames with the building. And, you know, it just sort of <laughs> gives the wrong picture in Newport Pagan. You know, we're a happy, bright, breezy town. We don't want uh, tragedy like this and people being put out of work. We want a happy, vibrant town. It's not good. <laughs> Appreciate your time. There you go. That was uh, John Smith, the Mayor of Newport Pagnell, uh, joining us live this morning. So you're going to go to the scene of the fire a bit later on, Just? I'll be there live from 8 o'clock this morning. As I mentioned to you uh, a moment ago, we believe, uh, according to what we heard yesterday, that members of staff are being told to turn up this morning at 8 o'clock. And uh, you've heard the words there of John. He's spoken to two members of staff already. Um, they want some answers. Hopefully, uh, we'll find out the very latest from the scene and speak to those members of staff from 8 o'clock this morning. Justin Daly, thank you very much indeed listening to that uh, is ian wilson buckinghamshire fire and rescue station manager ian a, a big smoke was it a big fire yes it was a big fire um we 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 um supplied eight pumping appliances and uh, approximately 60 personnel so um yeah for us it was it was a big fire uh, is, is it out now um, I wouldn't say it's out because um, the roof collapsed in a in a pancake style. If you imagine, um, it's collapsed from the centre, and so it's difficult for us to gain access to completely extinguish a fire. So I would say it's smouldering, mm. and probably will continue to do so for the rest of the day. Fridges uh, were in there. Do we know if anything else was in it? Are there any canisters or anything like that? There would have been canisters. There was uh, forklift trucks there um, driven by canisters. Each fridge contained a small canister of isobutane, which was a refrigerant. Um, so uh, apart from that, there was uh, nothing nothing toxic. But the, the most toxic product was um, produced by burning of the polystyrene cardboard uh, packaging around the outside. That's that's the thing that led to rapid development of the fire. And is there much you can do, Ian, to control the amount of toxic smoke billowing, billowing into the surrounding area? Well, it's a difficult balance to, to get between controlling the smoke coming off, which which obviously is toxic, and controlling the runoff of the, uh, the fire water. Because obviously we're putting water on the fire, and any water that isn't actually extinguishing the fire isn't turning to steam um, will be running off and um, the what we try to prevent at all cost is that runoff water entering the local uh, river there's a river all very nearby uh, we liaise very closely with the environment agency um, who told us there was a barbel fishery just just downstream so we were desperate to stop any runoff getting into the stream and as for the the plume um, trying to, to knock it down as much as possible with spray. The, the weather conditions at the time meant it was going north northeast towards Oni. Uh, we had a, a colleague in the environmental health who uh, drove out towards Sherrington and um, told us that actually the, the plume was getting very diluted at that point. You could smell it, um, but it was no more than an irritant. So our main concern was stopping the runoff. Ian, I'm just looking on Facebook, and uh, a gentleman called Christian Stevenson has posted. He says, I don't think the fire's still going. It was building number two which burnt, and I work in building number one, and I've been told it's OK to go to work today. Is he right? Was it building number two? Yeah, I don't, there are two buildings there, that's for sure. Um, I spoke with the operations manager yesterday and uh, other senior managers. And uh, we were discussing this very point of whether it was worth them turning up in the morning. Mm. 
um, and and uh, we we decided that it, that it was. Um, so yeah, the 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 second building, I I don't know what goes in there. That wasn't affected by the fire. There was a a separation between the two buildings. We had firefighters around the side working with uh, water jets to prevent the fire spreading into that second building. Um, so yeah, he, he should be able to turn up to work. Ian, I appreciate your time and uh, good work to everybody involved in controlling that fire. Ian Wilson, Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Station Manager. Justin Dealey will be at the site at 8 o'clock or thereabouts. If you see him, do pop over and say hello um, to find out exactly what's, uh, what's going on and what the state of the, the, the play is today. On the subject, <clears throat> excusez-moi, of uh, finding out the gender of your children... Um, Lorna says, I have five children, two girls, one boy, two girls, and did not want to find out the gender with... Five children? Flipping heck! Two is a nightmare. uh, Not not a nightmare. Two is a blessing from God, but hard work. Five! Uh, I did not want to find out the gender with the first one, but deep down, I knew I was having a girl. With my other four, it made it easier to pick their names and call Bump by their name. Anthony Wildman says, I have three children and didn't find out the sex. You don't get many big surprises in life, so it adds to the joy. Also, it helped keep the, keep the costs down as you don't buy as many clothes. What? That's true. Hannah says, I don't know how anyone could be disappointed. I would never be. It's a gift, whatever you have. Lucy, I have two children and due in one week with my third. I have a boy and a girl and didn't know with either. either. But being with the L&D, I wasn't given the option. Oh, I'm now with Bedford Hospital and because I had the option of knowing, I chose to find out as I'd already have one of each. I was over the moon both ways. Uh, and finally, Drake says, Mrs H is due in five weeks and we do not know. The hospital offered to tell us, but we declined, mainly because it won't change anything knowing. There are a few uncontrollable things in life, so it's nice to wait for the surprise. I find it funny how people try to justify finding out by saying we could be prepared. Prepared for what exactly? (laughs) Well, if you're going to paint the room, do you paint it blue or pink? Do people still do that? Why would you do that anyway? I like bright colours. Blue? You can get bright blue, bright pink. Do you you only wear blue? Yeah. Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it does look a bit odd. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with the speed sensors, the A413 southbound as you approach Great Missenden. Very slow uh, towards the roundabout by the tennis courts at the moment. And in Newport Pagnell, Rennie Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road after the fire at the warehouse. A1M southbound slow at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M25 is really struggling between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect have half an hour delays possible and cancellations to services between Stevenage and London stations. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. A Facebook group set up to help in the search of a missing Bedfordshire man has had to be made private after abuse was posted on the site. 37-year-old Neil Devlin was last seen in Leighton Buzzard on New Year's Day. 
Firefighters are still at the scene of a huge fire at a warehouse in Newport Pagnell. The blaze took hold at the Waterline Distribution Centre yesterday afternoon. Milton Keynes Council is spending £4 million buying houses on the open market to help ease its homeless problem. The authority currently has 53 families in bed and breakfast accommodation. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy with a high of 10 Celsius. On to sport and in football, Watford will be away to Premier League giants Manchester City in the FA Cup fourth round. City won their third round replay 5-0 against Blackburn last night. The Hornets lost at the same ground in the third round last season, as goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain recalls. Although we got beat 3-0 in the end, you know, we certainly uh, you know, gave them a few little scares. So yeah, I mean, there'll be players that weren't here last season that will be looking forward to going to the Etihad and uh, and players that did play there last year that looking forward to going back again. So and I'm sure the supporters will be, you know, to go to a Premier League ground like that is, uh, is a, a big one for, the, for everybody. Tickets are running out for the FA Cup tie between Stevenage and Everton a week Saturday. Last night, the club announced just 350 tickets remained for the match at the Lamex. Stevenage have already used cup income to strengthen the squad and manager Graham Wesley hopes to make more changes in the fight against relegation. Hopefully players will go out the door and I can add a little bit more strength still. And uh, if we can get you know the, the best players at the club on the pitch and fit, um, just add a little bit of strength um, and see one or two of the players that came in early season develop and grow, um, we'll be fine. In tennis, Andy Murray admits he knows nothing about Vincent Millot, who he'll face in the second round of the Australian Open tennis this morning. The Frenchman had to qualify for the tournament and is ranked 267th in the world. Play is due to get underway under the roof in the Rod Lever Arena at around 9.30am. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, did you find out the sex of your child? The reason we're talking about it is a very serious story on the front page of The Independent. Britain to act on illegal gender selection. Um, The government has launched an investigation into claims that illegal abortions of female fetuses are taking place among some families living within ethnic communities in Britain who want to ensure they have sons. Talk about that if you want. Don't necessarily need to go there. We can kind of expand it a bit to your personal stories. Did you find out the sex of your children? I was unable to hold back. I needed to know. Now, what good did it serve? Didn't serve any good. Didn't serve any purpose. It was just nice knowing what was in there. Now, obviously, the only important thing, surely, is is that it's it's healthy. That's that's all you want. Doesn't matter what it is. Healthy and uh, happy, uh, in as much as babies can be, while they're still in the womb. But. Did you find out, or did you decide not to? And why did you decide not to? Catherine, you chose not to. No, I didn't. I didn't find out. Were you not curious? No. Were you not thinking at the scan, that nurse, if I asked them now, could tell me if it's a boy or a girl? Uh, yeah. And I think the, with the second one, my, da- my husband was curious to know, but we said we weren't going to find out. And afterwards he said, oh, God, I was moments away from asking. But I loved whoever it was. Well, I'm not saying I wouldn't have loved whoever it was. So I was just letting them be. And I also think it's healthy to imagine what it would be like with either and whether you do things differently and how... I, I mean, I don't really know very much about little boys. I come from a family that's got a lot of little girls. Yeah. But I, it made me think about the, the differences between raising boys and girls and whether the, there are any, actually. The thing that about little boys that they show in comedy films that is true is it's sort of between maybe a month and, and four months. When you take their nappies off... <laughs> Yeah. They wee all over My you. My sister's got two boys. All over you. Mm-hmm. 
08459 455 555. There is that. I was also saying, I work with a gentleman, and we were talking about kids, as you do when you're a parent, uh, and he had two girls, and he told me that when the second girl was born, he said, oh, that's great. So he's, oh, I'm just going to pop outside, get some fresh air, clear my head. And he went out and he cried. He cried, not out of joy at having a second beautiful baby daughter, but because he um, wanted a son. He was disappointed he'd had another girl. I can't imagine anything like that. Is there anybody listening today who is, is brave enough to admit, yeah, actually, when it was a second girl... I was kind of a little bit disappointed. I, I, I was really hoping for a boy. Or when it was a third boy, oh, we really wanted a girl. Is anybody going to admit that? I think my husband wanted to know because he wondered whether we were going to have to get separate rooms, we we're going to have to expand the house, you know, whether the... Yep. Not for us, for the children. Right, it's yes. a boy and a girl. He'd worked so out what caused it. was it. a financial thing. Yes. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone. I can't imagine, you know, if we ever had another child... I, I, I can't imagine. I would ever... love to see you as a father of a daughter. I'd be an excellent father. You'd be great. I would be a cracking dad to a little and girl. And it's a whole other world. I can't imagine what it's like to have two boys. Well, it's different, and also it's different depending on the parent. Because for, I think for dads, being the father of a daughter is different as they go older. Because when they get to kind of like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, dads know what's going on in yeah. the mind of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen-year-old boys. It's Absolutely. mucky thoughts constantly. As soon as our first daughter was born, my husband said. I now completely understand your dad. Really? My dad was never pally with any of yeah. my boyfriends growing up. He was the great protector. Yeah. It wasn't his job to be getting involved with them. He just wanted to make sure that they had a healthy level of fear of him. Yes, exactly. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, you can also uh, go to the Facebook page as well and comment facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Uh, lots of you having your say there. Um, let me see where we got here. We'll also get to your comments about things that you've missed even though you were there. Um, oh, no, I've read all of those ones. I think I've read all of those. Yeah. I've read all of those. I've read all of those. Excuse me. What? You didn't sell it enough. What? You just said, I'm also getting comments on things. You need to sell it properly, please. Oh, well, you, I can't sell it because it's a rubbish things idea. that you've <clears> missed, <throat> even though you were there. For example, uh, Mark in Bletchley has tweeted, he's missed buses while at the bus stop. Oh, flipping uh, it. Gary called in, he's mi- he missed the RE- uh, REM at the MK Bowl because he fell asleep. All of the calls we've had, let's mm. be honest, have yeah, been... Yeah, 459. Four double five five double five. I've been. Oh, I know what I missed. Snoop Dogg, but that was on purpose. I was at Live Eight, and me and most of the female population chose that moment when he came on stage to go to the loo. I was at Live Eight as well. Yeah, you were in the. um... Yeah, I was. Posh seats. I didn't understand that. It was supposed to be making poverty history, but all the rich people were at the front. I was at the front. I was in the gold circle. Ah, yes, I was in the gold circle. Things that you've missed, even though you were there. Okay. Oh, all, wait, four, five, oh nine, flipping X. Four, just be quiet five, for a second. Five, all call me the, now. Call me now. All of the calls we've had yeah. have been very, very poor. What? What? They have been of limited entertainment value by people who could barely string a sentence had, together. And let's just let's just resume then. We've had someone who was a victim of violence. We had someone who fell asleep through not one but two films. No, one film twice. Two copies of the same film. Mm-hmm. We, had um, somebody... we had someone who was so drunk he missed a race. And someone who was there but missed the plane. And somebody who fainted at Michael Jackson. No, we didn't have anybody who fainted at Michael Jackson. We had a concert. friend of somebody who Thank fainted. You. Well, whatever, it still counts. Call me now, 08459 oh, Microphone's off. 
Uh, on Twitter, some of you are joining in this ridiculous uh, game. Stuart Lynch says, I missed a plane to Austria, even though we were sitting at the gate. Well, one gate away. Lol. Simon says, my girlfriend insisted we left Neil Young at Hyde Park before the encore. We ended up missing Paul McCartney. 08459 455 555. Um, Scott says, I've missed a few QPR games I was at because I fell asleep. Uh, and Carmela says, a gypsy Heather seller told me I was having a boy. She was right. I wasn't disappointed. Hashtag true story. Let's have a look at some of the front pages of the newspaper, shall we? Yes, let's do that. We've already done... Uh, oh, no, the Independent as well. Look, we've done the, the story about uh, gender selection. Four. Pornographic car park secret slips out of bin bagging hacking trial. There's a sentence. A bag belonging to the husband of Rebecca Brooks containing a pornographic lesbian sex magazine and seven DVDs was among items handed to police after it was discovered in the underground car park. That's the word. How embarrassing is that? You try and get rid of your stash and then it's handed into the police and then it's used as evidence against you in court. It's every 16-year-old boy's nightmare. The Times, hundreds of teachers accused of sex abuse... Uh, Gemma Arterton is in a play and Miliband's crude bonus cap attacked by Bank Chief. Uh, The Guardian. Labour threat to break up major banks. Miliband pledges immediate review to bring more competition to the high streets. Bye. Well, sorry, what? Um, Ian. What? Hi, Ian. Uh, Fader One, Kasha has a cracking story of something she's missed. Kasha, what? Hi, Ian. Um... You know when you're watching programs? Yeah, what, uh, like on the telly, yeah? Yeah, I watch them and I miss them because I start thinking of things and then I realise the programme is finished. And I'm looking at my husband thinking, huh? Um, can you rewind that just from the beginning because I missed it all? Hang on Isn't a sec- that weird? Hang on a second. Oh, dear. So you what, what TV programme? EastEnders? Any programme. No, I don't watch EastEnders. Any programme on the telly, like um, Frozen Planet. Okay, so I'm you... looking at the telly, yeah. but I don't. <laughs> so what's happening in your head then? I start thinking, um, what should I cook for dinner tomorrow? Um, what I need to cook? Um, what shopping I should do? And then I'm realising it's all gone. It's like, oh, um, finished, gone, rewinded all. Have you, ever se- have you ever seen and watched and enjoyed a television programme? Um, I think I did, but I'm still overthinking things. So even when I'm you, watching them, I don't. You do sound like and you're I an overthinker. Them. You definitely sound like an overthinker. Kasha, yeah. if you had to describe this experience in song, how oh, would you yeah. do that? I'm missing the song, na 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 na, and I'm missing the programs, na 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 na, now, yes, so off. I'm still thinking, overthinking. See, I've overthought that. Okay. Hello. 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 I know you there. La 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 la. La 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 la. Come on, Kelly. La 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 la. Hello. Hello. 
la 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 la. Christmas song? Is it? A Christmas time? Hello? Hello? Who's that? It's Kasha. Hello? Kasha? Hiya? Hiya? Has Ian gone for a walk? Uh, oh, is that Justin Daly? Justin Daly? Oh, okay. Hi, Justin. Hello. How's your son, Tan? Oh, it's Ben. No, it's Ben. It's Ben. Oh, Dan. Ben. 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 Who the hell is Ben? Who's Ben? Bertie. Bertie. Ernie. Nana. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, why are you talking to me? What's happened to Ian? I don't know. I hope we're not live on air again and just we talk are live. Yeah, yeah, we are oh, live on no. live. Yeah, that's what he done. So, should we have oh, a no. song? I don't know. Do, do you want to sing me a song? I don't know. Would you like to sing me a song about Christmas? No, I'd like you to teach me your song about things that you see on TV, but then you fall asleep. Um, I don't actually fall asleep. I just forget I'm watching it. You forget you're watching it. Yeah, I start thinking and then I forget and, and then the program is gone. How can you forget that you're watching something at the same time? You know what I as a do? Oh my God, that is a good one. My my husband offered me some food. Like, do you want to try yeah. it? Is that a okay. black, black sheet going over my eyes and I eat it all? And then I'm looking at him, oh, oh sorry, I thought um, you gave it to me. And I start overeating as well. I'm overthinking and overeating. That's why I'm, I'm overweight. Oh my God. That is crazy. Now everything makes sense for me. Because I'm overthinking. Okay. Then I over... Maybe I forget I'm eating as well. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, the A413 heading southbound really slow all the way from the roundabout at Great Missenden back towards Wendover. In Newport Pagnall, Rennie Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road after a fire at a warehouse. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. On public transport, major problems on First Capital Connect, possible delays of 90 minutes and also cancellations to services between Stevenage and London stations. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 7.46 exactly. It's Thursday the 16th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Abuse has been posted on a Facebook page set up to find missing Leighton buzzard man Neil Devlin. Milton Keynes Council is buying 40 homes at market rate to house the homeless. In football, Manchester City beat Blackburn 5-0 in the FA Cup last night and go on to meet Watford in the fourth round. 08459 455 555. Things you've missed even though you were there. Finding out the sex of or gender of your babies. 
and also more in this story about Milton Keynes Council buying 40 homes. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. There will be a few showers around at times today, quite few and far between, I think, through the morning, uh, becoming a bit more heavy and a bit more persistent as well as we head through into the evening rush hour. Uh, it's a mild start to the day. We've got a fairly brisk southerly breeze at times. Lots of dry and bright weather too over the next few hours, certainly for most of the morning, first part of the afternoon. I expect most places to stay dry. Um, just watch out for the odd rogue shower here and there, I think. Uh, top temperatures today still mild, 9 or 10 degrees Celsius 50 in Fahrenheit. Further showers through the evening rush hour and through the course of the night. Really quite wet again, quite wet underfoot to start the day tomorrow, starting off at around 6 or 7 degrees. Tomorrow, further showers at times, longer spells of rain on Saturday, a drier, brighter day on Sunday, just feeling a touch cooler. That's the forecast, Ian. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that I wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely, you've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Really, Kelly, another Things one? Things that you've missed, uh, even though you were there. Can we not? We're supposed to be about Milton Keynes homes now. Yep. Call me now, 08459 no. 555 Can we not? It's a very serious story about how Milton Keynes Council have, have, have bought 40 homes at market value. And that's a great tease of what's to come after you speak to Rosie in Redbourne. Rosie! Hi, good hi, mo- Ian. Good morning. R- Rosie, please don't encourage her. Oh, uh, but I like Kelly. Well, Why? <laughs> Well, I could tell you, but take too long. Okay, right, go on then. What have you got? Um, My husband and I went up north for a a Christmas break. I'm sorry to hear that. Years, I know, but we didn't have a lot of money. Years and years ago, um, we went to one of these little Christmas villages, and they had these really nice garland things that you put on your mantelpiece in the window, and I've always fancied one of those. Yeah. It was nice and bushy, not like the ones you see in town, so... Yes, they're all trimmed these days, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're not they're as bushy really as they used to be. And yeah, not, not enough green on them. Oh, so yes. I thought, oh, yeah, I really fancy one of them. So Beautiful. We went in, and they didn't seem to have any in the shop, so I asked the little little guy behind the counter, he's quite small, um, and he said, oh, they're all in the loft. So I said, well, could I have a look at one then? And he got this ladder out and went up in this little loft and brought one down, and it looked a bit scraggy, so I said, well, have you got any others? And oh slightly more bushy ones and about five or six times he went up and down this ladder and brought these things down and I kept saying well I really want one like the one in the window yeah. and um, finally he brought quite a nice big bushy one down and I, we did buy it Good for you. left the shop and my husband said how earth could you do that to that man and I said mm. well just, you know, I'm sorry but I wanted one like the one in the window and he said but didn't you notice he only had one arm oh and you were sending this poor one armed fella up a ladder yeah Rosie! That's not bad, is it? Well, I don't know. I'm trying to work out the logistics of climbing a ladder 
I know. Well, one I was armed. so focused on my bushy on the bushiness of this guy. I mean, it's doable. But if he's then holding kind of a, a, a wreath type thing, that, that's going to be a, a bush. That's going to be tricky, isn't it? Exactly. So how did I not notice? I have no idea. It, my husband obviously noticed straight away. Yes, yes. Men men tend to notice these things more than women. They do. Rosie, thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Things you missed, even though you were there. Now, Milton Keynes recently has been named and shamed for keeping homeless families in B&B accommodation way past the legal time limit, which is why we were interested here. They found a way to help ease the problem. Milton Keynes Council is spending £4 million buying 40 homes from open market to rent out. The area's Conservative Cabinet Member for Finance, Edith Bald, joins me now. Morning, Edith. This isn't going to solve the problem, is it? But it's a step towards it. Good morning, Ian. Um, It certainly is a step towards it. I've been on the programme several times before explaining what we're doing to reduce the homelessness position. This is just one of the tools in our armoury to help, to be honest. And how much will it help? Well, uh, if you look at our B&B numbers now, at the beginning of the year they were running at 93, uh, but now we're running at more like 54, so already a a drastic reduction. Our peak of uh, those in B&B over six weeks was 60, and now it's more like 32, so... Uh, and that's not happened by accident. That's because we've been doing things. But we do have this opportunity now uh, to use right to buy receipts to help even further. Uh, it's important that we do use our right to buy receipts because uh, we've got around two and a half million stacked up there. But they have to be used within three years, which takes us to around September 16. Uh, building new homes takes some time, and I'm concerned that unless we do something radical, we might lose these receipts and we'd have to pay a penalty. So this is a pragmatic solution that helps further reduce the homelessness. Could you not do both in tandem, buy these homes and also build new homes, which would be cheaper, wouldn't it, to build? Uh, Well, we are building, actually. How many are you building? Um, At the minute, we've got 25 in the pipeline. They're actually special houses. They're bungalows, two-bedroom bungalows, um, that are adapted for disabled. Now, we're building those because currently we've got people taking up council homes, family homes. Uh, if we could build the bungalows more suited to these folks, then we can relieve, uh, release those homes then for families. So it makes absolute sense. A further point is um, adapted bungalows are not subject to right to buy. So once we get them in the stock, they're there forever. They so that makes there. complete sense. But in terms of the longer term, we are embarking on a very large regeneration programme for our sort of council estates in Milton Keynes. We're looking to spend lots of money on that. But big programmes like that take a while to put together. We're not going to be ready to, uh, to start our vast improvements until around 2016. So it makes absolute sense that in this interim period, we use the money that we've got uh, to... Uh, to purchase some homes off the market. Uh, is it right that some of these homes are ex-council houses? Well, they could be, because we're looking to purchase them in, in, in areas where people want to live, where the homeless want to live. So, you know, areas like, um, for those listening who know Milton Keynes, the, so the Lakes Estate, you know, Fuller Sled, those sorts of areas where houses are coming up uh, that are suitable for people, they want to live there, makes absolute sense to purchase them in those areas, yeah. We spoke to um, Labour councillor Nigel Long, uh, Long earlier on. He's got um, a, a few concerns. One of them is that this is the, the, the types of properties you're buying um, will prevent first-time buyers getting onto the, uh, the housing ladder. And also he was suggesting that, that some of these houses are in slightly 
cheaper areas where you'll be moving vulnerable people into and it wouldn't necessarily be for their benefit. Well, that's absolute rubbish, to be, to, be, to be honest with you. I'm surprised that Nigel is saying that. Is he really saying that the council estates are not good places to live? Because I think if you ask the people there, they think they're very good places uh, to live. Uh, you know, these houses are on the open market, so if any uh, first-time buyers want to purchase those houses, then, of course, they would be able to do so. Um, the council doesn't have priority over other buyers. We will we'll go in and offer a, a fair price, and then uh, uh, whoever the seller wants to sell to, then we'll get, we'll get the house. And Edith, can you guarantee that these properties will stay as social housing? Well, I expect them to for many years, because the sort of folks on our homeless list um, have, have come across hard times. They're certainly not in a position to purchase their own houses. I really hope that uh, they, as a result of getting a permanent home, it will help them get back on their feet. But it would take them many, many years to be in a position to buy back their houses. And, of course, there is a minimum term. You've got to be in a house for three years before you can uh, buy back but So, in, th- in theory, they could be bought back after three years? Well, they could be, in theory. And, and to be honest, if I, ha- if I put place a homeless person in there who gets a job and is able to uh, gather together enough resources to purchase their home, I would support them in that. But Everyone that, has the right to buy a home. But then isn't that part of the, 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 the reason we find ourselves in this problem already, because of the lack of council housing that's been sold on? Uh, we do have a shortage of housing, but it's not because of right to buy that's created that. It's the, the state of the housing market nationally has created this problem. That's one thing. And also the affordable housing policy that our previous administrations, pre-conservative, had in Milton Keynes did not help one iota. Um, they had a policy in place that was unrealistic and simply uh, not, uh, not doable for new builders. Now, we have changed that. Um, so, changing the policy, the improvement in the economy generally, uh, is going to help to increase the number of homes. And then on top of that, we have got the big regeneration programme where we are looking to build a significant number of homes that would be suitable for social housing. Uh, we're looking to invest from 2016 around £14 million a year. And the discussions that we're having with the market should enable us, in addition, to leverage in some private sector capital. So it will be a case of watch this space in the medium to longer term. We will be significantly improving the number of um, social housing stock. But, you know, it takes time. Edith, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Edith Bolt, Conservative Cabinet Member for Finance. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Some texts on things that you missed even though you were there. <clears throat> um, What? I miss goals at the footy because I pop to the loo. In important games, I make extra trips on purpose to help my team. Come on, England, says Stu. It's a, fo- it's a football joke, is it? I get that. Thanks, Stu. Look at you chuckling away there. That was funny. Well, I Did mean... you miss it? Did you miss it even though you were there? 08459 oh, no, I'm trying to encourage young talent. Can we get Sophie Solaria working on this show? Is sure. that... She won't come back after last time. Now, listen, that was an accident. I, yeah. thought, I thought the door was locked. She should have knocked. Oh eight four five nine. Stop it. Four double five five double five. Right, I tell you what. You've missed. Right. Even though you you were there. Stop. Call me down. Stop it. Oh eight right. four five nine. This is not working. I'll, I'll indulge you this. I'll indulge you this it's for today. It's completely working. What I want from tomorrow for tomorrow's mm-hmm. show yep. is I think maybe you're better suited to not being in the studio. 
Maybe okay. better suited to being out in the street. So tomorrow, for tomorrow's show, yeah. could you go out and do what Justin does? I have a word with him because he's very good at it. Go out and get some Voxes on the street about a really big important news issue. Let's have a look at just some of the front pages. The Sun, these two children that have bunked off to the Caribbean on their dad's uh, credit card. Uh, Clegg Cowardice on Sex Case Pier. Oh yeah, people don't have a lot to say about that. Um, official, we can't trust the crime figures. A cure for all cancers on the way. Okay, alright, I, I will do that. I've thought of a question already in advance. Okay, it's so a big news story. Yes. Yeah, okay, brilliant. Well, let's send you out and you Okay, do shall that. I run the question by you? Yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> it's my serious news voice. Yep. If you were invisible, what's the first thing you would do? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Newport Padnall, Rennie Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road after a fire at a warehouse. And the A1M southbound struggling at Junction 7 for Stevenage. On public transport, First Capital Connect have delays of up to an hour and a half and cancellations to services between Stevenage and Moorgate. <laughs> this is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. I had the fader up loud. It scared the life out of me there, for goodness sakes. Right, coming up, we'll be talking more about um, the, finding out the sex of your baby. Were you disappointed to find out you were having another girl? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Abuse posted on website for a missing man in Bedfordshire. Firefighters remain at a warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell. And Milton Keynes buys 40 homes for the homeless. BBC Three Counties Radio. The public have been banned from posting on a Facebook site set up to help find a missing Leighton Buzzard man. It's been made private after people posted false rumours and abuse about Neil Devlin. He's not been seen since New Year's Day. Neil's friend, Glenn Haynes, says he's very worried about him, while some people are being unhelpful. We've had reports of bodies saying there's been a body found and there's not been a body found, and it's, that's unfair on his friends and families. Every time they see that, their hearts must sink. And there's also people saying that they've seen him around. And and majority of the time, it's just people putting on there just for attention. Firefighters in Newport Pagnell have been unable to fully extinguish a fire at a warehouse. The blaze broke out at the Lieber distribution centre yesterday afternoon, escalating quickly as cardboard and polystyrene packaging caught fire. Buckinghamshire Fire and Rescue Station manager Ian Wilson says his teams are still there. The roof collapsed in a, in a pancake style, if you imagine um, it's collapsed from the centre. And so it's difficult for us to gain access to completely extinguish a fire. So I would say it's smouldering mm. and probably will continue to do so for the rest of the day. Figures obtained by BBC News suggest at least 950 teachers or staff at schools have been accused of having a sexual relationship with a pupil in the past five years. The NSPCC says the true number could be far higher, but teaching unions insist many claims are never proven. Barnfield Federation and College could be taken over or dissolved if the results of an inquiry go against them. The consequences have been revealed in a letter from the Minister of Skills to Luton South MP Gavin Shuker. Three government investigations are taking place into Barnfield over the way it was run and the way it handled money. £4 million is to be spent by Milton Keynes Council to buy new council houses. That should buy 40 homes off the open market, which will help ease its homeless problem. 
But Labour councillor Nigel Long isn't happy because the council will be buying the cheapest properties to make the most of its budget. Those cheapest properties are going to be in, if you like, the poorest part of town. And what it will first of all do is it will remove from the market low-cost houses that people moving into home ownership might have been able to, to afford. But secondly, what it will do is it will take people who are in bed and breakfast, some vulnerable people, and put them into the poorest part of town. The closing date for consultation on the controversial HS2 rail scheme, which runs through Buckinghamshire, has been extended by 17 days until February the 10th. It follows the omission of more than 850 pages from the environmental statement for the project and other errors and delays in the consultation process. In football, Watford will be away to Premier League giants Manchester City in the FA Cup fourth round. City won their third round replay 5-0 against Blackburn last night. The weather, a mix of sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy this afternoon with a high of 10 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Three minutes past eight, Thursday, Thursday, the 16th of January. JVS is on at nine o'clock, but between now and then, oh, lots and lots and lots. Including internet trolls have forced the administrators of a Facebook group set up for a missing man to make it private. Neil Devlin left a friend's house in Leighton Buzzard on New Year's Day. Hasn't been seen since. Some people thought it was funny to post jokes, abuse, and use the site to chat up women. We bring you the latest on the uh, warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell. Justin Dealey will be there. We'll get the latest on that. Did you find out the sex of your child before they were born? And is there anybody brave enough to admit that they were a little bit disappointed to find out they were having a second girl or, or a third boy? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A Facebook group set up to help search for a Bedfordshire man has had to be made private after people posted jokes, abuse, false reports that he'd been found, and one person tried to chat up women on there. 37-year-old Neil Devlin is a well-known figure in Leighton Buzzard, where he works as a trolley pusher at Morrison's. He has learning difficulties and was last seen leaving a friend's house in the town on New Year's Day. Despite a police search, he's still missing. All posters have been put up in Leighton Buzzard and beyond, and people are genuinely worried about what may have happened to him. Our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been in Leighton Buzzard talking to Neil's friends, who say they are disgusted by the comments written online. I think it's horrible... I heard a member of staff the other day talking about comments on Facebook and she said it was awful. But how does that make you feel? As somebody who knew him, somebody who worked with him, you're, you're hearing about these comments. How does that make you feel? Uh, it's, it's disgusting. I feel awful. It's just, I said, never really think it'd be something that would happen to like, someone you know. Like, I was out with him like a couple of days before it all happens and was just very taken back by it when I heard the news. So he was acting totally normal, you didn't suspect anything at all? No, nothing at all, like, just his usual self. And the comments on Facebook, a number of people have been uh, abusing the Facebook site, trying to find your friend. How does that make you feel, knowing that, that people are writing this sort of stuff? 
uh, it obviously sickens me really that uh, people were like just trying to get involved in stuff they don't really know but it's just typical internet typical facebook really it doesn't surprise me too much but just trying to stay out of it myself and just trying to do the best i can and help in any way i can i just think it's disgusting you know we're all here for one thing to try and find him not to like start a rumors and to be nasty like that so what do you think has happened what's your gut feeling my gut feeling is someone's got him that's my gut feeling. But Somebody's kidnapped him? Yeah. Why would somebody kidnap him? Just a few things that we've heard, like, and that we've seen for ourselves. Well, it's a very sad story. Justin, you there, talking to uh, friends of Neil Devlin, who is missing. Listening to that is Adam Gray, who is a social media consultant. Morning, Adam. Good morning, Ian. Some people might be surprised to find out that it, it, it's not that uncommon for people to abuse Facebook sites that have been set up like this to help people or console people? No, I mean, I think it's fairly common. Um, and, and listening to, to the last comment that somebody made, um, I think it's a bit unfair to say that it's typical Facebook. Sadly, I think it's typical people. Um, and in, in Facebook, it's really like holding a mirror up to humanity. You get lots of people doing good things, and sadly, lots of people doing awful things. Do you know why people would do it, Adam? Has there been any investigations into what drives somebody to, to post abuse on a site looking for a, a chap who's gone missing? Well, I suppose that there are drivers such as people wanting their 15 minutes of fame and uh, that, that sort of thing, but uh, it, it's just bullying or abuse in another form. And, you know, people bully other people in the workplace and people bully other people in private and people bully other people online. And sadly, it, it is part of human nature. Um, and, and I think that if you're running a Facebook page like this, you, you need to take a tough line on it. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't be tolerated. You should block users. You should delete comments. And if somebody has done it in their own name, you should promote their post. Because clearly, if I post something unpleasant on your site and I'm promoted to everybody in the local community for having done that and what I've said... Um, that could cause me a few problems. And it's a Isn't there a certain kind of cachet in that, though? If I've gone, if I've gone on to Adam Gray's website um, uh, and I've posted a lot of abuse and you promote that, would, 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 some people would um, enjoy that publicity, wouldn't they? Well, uh, perhaps they would enjoy that notoriety. Um, but ultimately, um, the people that, that are going to, to help uh, this poor lad that's gone missing... Mm. Um, I think, ultimately, uh, they sound like they're quite a good sector of society. They seem like they're nice people. They've set up a Facebook page to try and help him. Um, they're unlikely to get any any backlash from mm. the nasty people in society that are posting this kind of thing. And, and the more people that see this kind of vile behaviour, uh, the better. And it can be very upsetting. Listen, I've had lots of abuse on Facebook and, and, and Twitter. I'm now at a comfortable stage in my life where I can just block and move on. But a couple of years ago, I was getting horrible, abu- horrible abuse on Twitter. This, this person posting all these things they wanted to do to me and to my children. And I blocked them, and they'd set up another account. They set up about 100 accounts in the end. It, it, can, be, um, it can be very wearing, can't it, for the people at the end of that abuse? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, is, it is horrific. But look... Like I said, you know, it is bullying, it is abuse, and uh, ultimately you have to deal with it the way you would any bullying or abuse. You know, you've either got to sort of stand up straight and, and walk away from it, or you've got to seek redress. And uh, you know, Facebook it, do have the power 
to block people and to block IP addresses. They choose not to use that very often. So, so what, ca- what, what can you do? I know on Twitter you can kind of report them. That doesn't do a lot. What, no. what, what can Facebook do? Well, there's a similar kind of thing. You can report them to Facebook administrators, um, but they tend to be uh, not particularly proactive in terms of dealing with this kind of problem. Um, so often the policing of it and, and dealing with it is down to you. And there is ultimately um, just the, the, the kind of the long road of, of blocking these people one by one and uh, continuing to monitor stuff. But at, at the end of the day, that is, um, that is the role of the administrator of the page that has been set up. Would you ever recommend, Adam, going to the police? Or is, is that taking things too far? Do we need to be a little made of sterner stuff? Well, I think it depends. Uh, depends what's said, really, doesn't it? Um, you know, the, the odd unpleasant comment every now and again. Um, yeah, just just kind of toughen up and, and deal with it. But but some of the stuff that we see online is is truly horrific. Um, some of it is is uh, libelous, um, and it's really perhaps it is something that should be taken further. But I think that's a, a case by case basis, mm. isn't it? I think as a society, we're kind of becoming a bit a bit weedy and. and abdicating the responsibilities for what happens to us uh, and sometimes you have to deal with it yourself but there comes a point when perhaps you perhaps you can't and you do need to take it to higher authorities people that actually have some power to to do something to stop it continuing now this page has been set up to try and find uh, 37 year old neil devlin do we know if th- these facebook pages are, are helpful are useful are successful oh they're, they're phenomenally successful for for this kind of thing because um Clearly, in, in the days before Facebook, if you wanted to find somebody that had gone missing or you wanted to, to, to source somebody, uh, you would go to the pub, you would go to your school, to your clubs, um, and you would just ask people. Um, but you can interact with a finite number of people. And then to try to mobilize those people to go and ask everybody they know is very difficult because you're asking them to, you know, it's a, it's a big ask. Um, but obviously in the world of Facebook or Twitter, is relatively straightforward. I just ask you to share this online, and mm. it instantly spreads from you to everybody in your network. Uh, so the, the, the opportunity to have that viral spread of the question that you want asked is, is incredibly powerful. Uh, but clearly, you know, there is a small sector of society um, that wants to be vicious and unpleasant. And uh, if you share it to a thousand people and one percent of them are horrible, that's 10 people that are going to say things that you don't want said. And if it goes to 100,000 people, then clearly it's, it's significantly more. And, um, and, and I think that, that with every upside of this and this viral spread and this bigger audience that you can access, uh, there's a downside as well, which is that there's always a sector of society that don't behave the way that you and I would behave. Adam, I appreciate your time this morning. Fascinating. Adam Gray, social media consultant. If you've been a victim of um, trolling, uh, internet bullying... Uh, you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. I had some horrible stuff written about my boys. Horrible. Oh, it's disgusting. Uh, and um, th- th- I-, I blocked the fella. I tried everything. I ignored. I blocked. I got angry. I pleaded. I bear All of this stuff. None of it worked. And he- every time I blocked him, he just set up another account. Set up about 100 accounts. And contacted Twitter. Oh, yeah, he's not breaking any rules. Oh, he's oh he's not so okay. So it's it's okay for him to say he wants to abuse my children. Oh, okay, that's not breaking a rule, is it? No, it's not breaking a rule. Oh, thanks. I told the police. Well, there's not really a lot we can do about it. He's threatening to abuse my son. Terrible, terrible people out there. But Adam's right to point out it's not Facebook. It's not the internet. It's it's just idiots, isn't it? 
back in the day, you used to get, um, what do they call them? Poison pen letters. Nasty letters. I used to get that when I first started on TV, before the internet had taken off. I'm that old. Uh, we used to, um, working at Channel 4, we used to get sent loads of letters. And I didn't get to see, well, one day I walked past a table in this office. And there was a letter to me and the, the person I was doing a show with. I said, oh, what? why have we not seen this letter? Oh, you don't want to see that. Why? You don't want to see that letter. Instantly you open it up. I did not want to see that letter. <laughs> the stuff they wanted to do to me. Oh, my goodness. Tears to my eyes. 08459 455 555 if you've ever been a victim of bullying uh, online. Uh, you can also, of course, if you wanted to, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. It's quarter past eight. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Welland, Digswell Hill is closed near to the Red Lion pub because a tree has fallen into the road. Speed sensors, the A413 still really slow southbound approaching Great Missenden. That's all the way from the roundabout back to Wendover. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. And on public transport, First Capital Connect have possible delays of an hour and a half and cancellations to services between Stevenage and Moorgate. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 8.16 or thereabouts, it's Thursday the 16th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Abuse has been posted on a Facebook page set up to find missing Leighton Buzzard man Neil Devlin. Firefighters remain at the scene of a warehouse fire in Newport Pagnell. In football, Manchester City beat Blackburn 5-0 in the FA Cup last night. They go on to meet Watford in the fourth round. The weather? I'm going to see a cheeky little face looking at me through the window. Hello. Hello. Come in. I am. And, well, no, OK, right. You right? Yeah. I just saw your cheeky face and it surprised me. I didn't realise it was that late in the morning. Oh, there we go. Me. The weather, brighter, if slightly colder. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Saturday morning from nine, Justin Dealey with three hours of great songs and great memories. Philip says here on the text, I saw the Everly Brothers at the Bletchley Leisure Centre. Playing your requests from the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Tom says, uh, you play some great tracks today. You haven't played one that I didn't like. Justin Dealey. We had our listener vote earlier as well. Well, The Who, they won it. Well, very soon we're going to hear from Marcy Wilde, but up first, the American guitarist, Wayne Eddy. Justin Dealey. Every Saturday morning from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lost on me. Right. More, we're talking about sleep. Yes. Sleep. I, I was in bed by seven last night. My wife said, Ian, I'm putting the children to bed and now I'm putting you to bed. Go, go, go. And I did. I read a little bit of my Paul McCartney book and lights out about lights out by half past seven. Right. Very nice. And you had an early night. I went to bed at eight o'clock. Wow, look at us. Isn't it nice? It is nice. But you're saying that you can get too much sleep. I don't believe that. Well, I wonder whether I've had too much sleep. Why? Well, because I went to bed at eight o'clock last night. I think yeah. I probably was awake for 20 minutes at the most. Yeah. And then I fell asleep. And then I woke up this morning at 5.50. So I've had quite a long sleep, haven't I? Here's a question. What? How does the, how does the brain fall asleep? How does it do it? I don't know. Have you never thought about that? What, at night? 
Well, <laughs> when you're trying to get to sleep, it might not be a good idea. I don't know if you settled on the big question for nine o'clock, but this might this might be something you want to. How run does with. your brain fall asleep? Because it's a weird thing. Your brain is sort of three quarters shutting down. I'm making mm. up figures here. How does it do that? And and why doesn't it do it now? I mean, maybe doing it to some listeners, but why does it know when you're lying down? Sleep now. That, that's true. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's true. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can't have that for a big question. I'm having it for the. Well, last. I just hope I don't start thinking of that question tonight as I try to go to sleep. You will do, because otherwise I'll be lying there for ages. You will do now, concentrating on my brain. You're not going to get anywhere near enough sleep because of me. Oh gosh, thanks. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in today. Is it good or bad news that Britain is losing its military power? Former US Defence Secretary Robert Gates has told the BBC America can no longer rely on the UK as a strong military partner. He's angry at government cuts and can't believe Britain no longer has even one fully operational aircraft carrier. Under government plans, by 2020, the Army will lose 20,000 personnel, the Navy, 6,000, and the RAF will shrink by around 5,000 people. David Cameron insists Britain still has the fourth largest defence budget in the world, but the Chief of Defence Staff, General Sir Nicholas Houghton, has warned the Prime Minister that Britain may soon become a hollow force. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views on this. Do you think it's good or bad news that Britain is losing its military power? power 08459 455 555 the fact that it would appear we will no longer be america's right hand man does that worry you do you think it's uh, concerning that perhaps we won't have the power to be able to defend ourselves or other vulnerable countries around the world or is it about time do you think perhaps this will now stop us getting involved in other countries business from nine this morning 08459 455 555 with your view Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, it's a story that we have been looking at a lot, and we will be looking at a lot again as it unfolds. Barnfield, the Luton-based education company, being investigated over financial irregularities and governance could be taken over or dissolved if the results of the inquiry are serious, a government minister has said. The investigations by the Department for Education relate to the college and the federation, which runs seven schools and academies in Bedfordshire. Well, political reporter Paul Scoynes joins me now. And, Paul, you've seen the letter from the minister. Who is it from and what does it say? Well, Ian, the letter is from the Minister for Skills and Enterprise. That's Matthew Hancock, MP. And it was written to the MP for Luton South, Gavin Shuker, who released it to three counties. And in it, it reveals more about another review into the Troubled Federation, this time by the Further Education Commissioner. Is this an extra review that we were unaware of? Well, this began on Monday, so it's a sort of supplementary review to the other two reviews, Mm -hmm. if you like. Um, It began, as I say, on Monday. It's expected to last around about two weeks, and it will assess whether the leadership of the college can improve the way things are run and whether or not it can do that in a fairly quick time frame. Um, It will also keep a track on progress and it will also decide whether or not further action should be taken 
pending the results of those two other Department for Education inquiries that you mentioned in your opening, uh, which are from the uh, Skills Funding Agency, which deals with funding to the college, and also from the Education Funding Agency, which deals with the sort of funding to uh, schools and academies and uh, indeed the uh, sort of federation. Now, we know that the commissioner, who's Dr David Collins, CBE, was appointed last year by the government and uh, with a job tasked with turning around failing colleges. That was the uh, quote from the press release from the DfE at the time that he was uh, appointed. We'll Mm. know too that he'll have a team with him and they'll have access to all the available data and information at the college. Two things. Is this separate to to the other two reports? And also, when are we going to get those other reports? There was talk of them coming out before Christmas, wasn't there? And we're in the middle of January and, and, and nothing yet. Yes, indeed. The reports which began, I think they were sort of mid... Uh, or sort of early to mid-November, weren't they? Mm. The official sort of investigation began, although we knew that the report was starting far before that. I think it actually must have been at October time that it I began. I think it may have been, yeah. So we were told then that it was going to take four to six weeks. We're now midway through January, so it's already at least a month overdue. Um, yes, indeed, it brings uh, the number of investigations into Barnfield to the number three. Um, the, the other reports are being finalised, I've been told. They're due to be published shortly. We understand from Close, uh, from sort of sources close to the Federation, this won't now be before the 27th of January. However, realistically, I think we can probably look to the beginning of February now for the publication of one of these reports. I don't know whether or not these reports will be published at the same time. Do we read anything into the fact that these are being pushed back? Is that any indication of what the content may be? Or Well, we've got some indication of what the content is. I think this investigation by the Further Education Commissioner uh, uh, will sort of preempt anything. So nothing will come out before he's finished his report. What does the letter say about possible sanctions? What could happen to Barnfield? Well, I suppose this is the most alarming detail in some ways. The college could, in the worst instance, be dissolved. That sounds very dramatic. I don't think it means it's going to close. I think it means more likely that it, if, if this report was so damning uh, that the government deemed it necessary, it can indeed take over the college and the federation Gosh, as a government. Okay. Um, it would probably, in that instance, merge with another provider, as has happened uh, in other investigations by the DfE uh, at, at other places around the UK, including in Southwark, where a college was merged uh, with another one in Lewisham after a particularly damning a report by the Skills Funding Agency. Now, that would have huge consequences really it would involve the funding for the organization to be altered and all assets frozen it would also mean that all staff changes would be put on hold uh, and the government would also have the power to place the college into what's called administered college status which effectively means that all powers are lost until a new provider is found and and takes over um if that happened, Barnfield Federation would stop running the college until somebody else took over. Now, that's going to require Michael Gove, the Education Secretary, who, let's not forget, praised Barnfield last mm. year and indeed knighted its former Director General Sir Peter Burkett uh, to write to the college explaining what will happen. The, the, these the reports and things are often leaked out. Has anybody seen the report from the Department for Education yet? Um, People, ha- I have not seen the report. Right. I have spoken to several people who have. Uh, okay. The, the, the um, report has been sent in paper form. It hasn't been sent electronically, so it's not very easy to pass around. And trying to get those people to give up those reports have been, well, it's been fairly tricky. Um, what I have been told by several people uh, is that it's wide-ranging. 
it covers governance, it covers the finances of the organisation, it covers the structure of the organisation, salaries at the top management, and, and also this, this grade massaging term. Which that was re- one of the big accusations, wasn't it? Indeed, that, that relates to how the, the college claimed for funding on the basis of the number of pupils being taught there as well. So it's, it's still not exactly clear, uh, I'm afraid to say, what the report says. I haven't, as I say, seen it, and, and without seeing it, it's not really... I don't know, we can't really go into much more detail than that. Um, It seems likely, I think, as I said, that these reports won't be published now until this commissioner sort of finds on what he's gone in and and seen. That's likely to take at least two weeks. So, as I say, the beginning of February, perhaps even the middle of February, before one, if not both, of these reports are published. And, of course, when it does, we'll be, you know, looking to see what happens. I would imagine if this, you know, if, if what... The uh, secretary or, or the, the minister uh, has said to Gavin Shuka happens, and of course that's a big if. But if the report is as bad as that could be, and then you know the the train of events is is triggered like that. Mm that's going to be fairly significant. Bear in mind that Barnfield Federation is one of the sort of medium-sized providers mm. of education in the country. What was the name of the gentleman we spoke to from Barnfield? One of the big wigs. He came on the show. Stephen Hall. Stephen Hall. And he's he, the joint chief executive. And uh, he was, um, it was a fascinating interview. And he said he was more than keen to come on, <clears throat> excuse me, once, uh, once the report was finalised. So, mm. so it'll be interesting to speak to him. Yeah, they, they will, they, they've already said that uh, they would be keen to talk about it once the report is finalised and published. Can I just say, Minister for Skills. What a great title. <laughs> Minister for Skills. Yes. Very quickly, Paul, before we let you go, thank you for this excellent stuff. I find this, this whole Barnfield thing absolutely fascinating and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, an, anticipating the report. I've been told I have to ask you, <clears throat> what have you missed even though you were there? I went to a pop concert and I went to the bar, and it took me so long to get back to my uh, to my space. I missed the the entire gig. What pop concert was it? Um, it was a band called the Pixies. Yeah. I mean, I heard it, but I just wasn't in the place that. I thought it would be. I mean, really, Kelly, is this what you're... That is a wonderful story. Thank you, Paul Scoynes, for your contribution. That's a great phone-in. Thanks, Scoynes. I really like it. Call me now, 08459 455 555. Things you've missed even though you were there. This is... um, You go. Mm. Have you ever missed anything whilst you were there? Oh, for goodness sakes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Newport, Pagnall, Rennie Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road because of a fire at a warehouse. And in Welland, Digswell Hill is closed near to the Red Lion Pub because a tree has fallen into the road. M25 anti-clockwise, really slow between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect have possible delays of an hour and a half and also cancellations to services between Stevenage and Moorgate. There are supplementary buses running in places and tickets are being accepted on Greater Anglia. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Coming up to 8.30, the last 30 minutes of the show. Lots to talk about. We're asking, were you disappointed when you found out you were having another daughter or your third son? 08459 455 555. Internet bullying and things you've missed even though you were there. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30.
8.30, I'm Jane Killick. A Facebook group set up to help in the search of a missing Bedfordshire man has had to be made private after abuse was posted on the site. 37-year-old Neil Devlin was last seen in Leighton Buzzard on New Year's Day. Firefighters are still at the scene of a huge fire at a warehouse in Newport Pagnell. The blaze took hold at the Lieber Distribution Centre yesterday afternoon. Milton Keynes Council is spending £4 million buying houses on the open market to help ease its homeless problem. The authority currently has 53 families in bed and breakfast accommodation. The weather, sunny spells and scattered showers, some of them heavy, with a high of 10 Celsius. Under sport and in football, Watford will be away to Premier League giants Manchester City in the FA Cup fourth round. City won their third round replay 5-0 against Blackburn last night. The Hornets lost at the same ground in the third round last season, as goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain recalls. Although we got beat 3-0 in the end, you know, we certainly uh, you know, gave them a few little scares. So, yeah, I mean, there'll be players that weren't here last season that will be looking forward to going to the Etihad and, uh, and players that did play there last year that looking forward to going back again. So, uh, and I'm sure the supporters will be, you know, to go to a Premier League round like that is, uh, is a, a big one for, the, for everybody. Tickets are running out for Stevenage's FA Cup tie against Everton a week Saturday. Last night, the club announced just 350 tickets remained for the match at the Lamex. The Middlesex Director of Cricket, Angus Fraser, says Hertfordshire's Stephen Finn needs to fall back in love with bowling after being sent home early from England's tour of Australia. Fraser, who was part of the decision-making for Finn to return, says the bowler can regain his confidence. When things aren't going well, you, you fall out of love with the thing that you love most when you're a kid, which is, which is bowling, and, and almost that's where Stephen needs to, to go, is to enjoy bowling again rather than to become a... A trial, which is which is what it's obviously become over recent months. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with the full bulletin at nine. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Message on Facebook from Cashier, who was on the show earlier on. I called Ian, but spoke to some random guy, and it wasn't Justin. What is happening? I've no idea. No idea what you're talking about, but thank you very much uh, for that. On the subject of uh, choosing... Finding out the sex of your baby. Okay. I've done it. Catherine didn't do it. I, I, I couldn't not know. Doesn't change anything. Doesn't change my attitude towards the child. But I would need to know. We're asking about that this morning. We're also asking, were you disappointed that it was a second daughter or a third son? Disappointed. 08459 555. We've got the saddest, the saddest email. This is just heartbreaking, isn't it? It's anonymous. From a prayer note at the back of a church. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings in my home. Lord, my due date is fast approaching. Please, Lord, change the sex of my baby to be a baby boy. I have faith you can do it for me. We're all sat here just slack-jawed at that. That's the saddest thing. Incredible. The desperation in it is awful, isn't it? Do you ever do that? Do you ever go into the chapel in hospitals? Not lately. I do, I, I'm spending a little bit of time in hospitals at the moment, and sometimes I just pop in there because it's nice to have a little bit of quiet time away from everyone. And there are little prayers in some of them posted up, kind of so you can see them. Some of them are heartbreaking. Oh, some of them are heartbreaking, and they're for kids that have died, or they're for, you know, parents that are dying. Oh, my goodness gracious me. They're just heartbreaking what it's goes just on in there. Raw emotion. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. That's just the saddest message, isn't it? Oh, my God. 
goodness gracious me. Um, um, let's have a look uh, on the Facebook page. Sarah says, we knew the sex of both of ours. With the first, it was blatantly obvious what we were having, a boy. Wow, blatantly obvious? The lady doing the scan whipped the transducer away, but we had already seen. With our second, again, we didn't want to know, but because of a rare con- uh, condition of pregnancy, and at the time very little known was about, uh, very little was known about it, it was decided everyone needed to know the sex. The thought being that if the child was a different sex, maybe I wouldn't get uh, get it. As the baby was in fact another boy, my care through pregnancy was stepped up to a much higher level. Um, Lynn says I have two boys, C-section both times, women's intuition, I knew it was a boy first time. Second time, I really wanted a girl and thought that's what I was having. I was disappointed when they told me it was another boy. I was disappointed when they told me it was another boy. Wow. It took me a week to come to terms with it. If we ever had another, I would have to know what it was, as I wouldn't want to be disappointed. Isn't it interesting you use the word disappointed there, Lynn? I'm not judging you at all. I appreciate your honesty. But you're using the word disappointed. I really wanted a girl. Before we had our first baby, really wanted a girl. I was convinced it was a girl. We found out it was a boy. Oh, well. That was it. Oh, well, it's a boy. Brilliant. Fantastic. Okay, great. Not disappointed. The second one, I really wanted a girl. We found out it was a boy. Brilliant, it's a boy. That was it. You know, there was no... Oh. Oh, no, I'm disappointed. I wanted a girl. It was... Oh, well, never mind. Is it healthy? Great. Fantastic. Wendy says, Knowing the sex of a baby months before it's born is like having a Christmas present under the tree in a glass box. (laughs) You can see it, but you cannot touch it. No excitement left when it's time to open it. (laughs) Using the phrase, open it, is... uh, (laughs) If only with that symbol. Come on, love, open it up. Out you come. Uh, But no, 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 the excitement is still there. The excitement when it pops out and you see it. You go, oh, look at its fingers. Oh, look at its toes. You get to hold it. You see the little face that you've been imagining all the time. The excitement is still there. Uh, Joanne says, when pregnant with my first, I really wanted a girl. Got one. My second will be delivered via C-section next Monday. And I found out it was a boy months ago. I feel blessed to have one of each. If I'd had two boys, though, it might have had to keep on trying. Did want a girl. I'm happy with what I've got. And no, I didn't not want to be told the sex. Need to prepare for names and clothing clothing colours, etc. Now, again... If I had two boys, though, I might have had to keep on trying. See, that's an odd thing, that you're not satisfied with what you've got. You feel you need to get the complete set. It strikes me as really odd. And a little... Don't take this the wrong way, John, you will. Selfish. It's selfish, isn't it, to keep having babies until you get the one that you want. It's something I never felt, but I do know people who feel that way, that they feel that they want to be the mother of a daughter. I guess they feel that in some ways it is a different relationship, isn't it? Kelly, what do you want? Oh, wait, four, five, nine. Oh, wait, four, sure, that's making a good point there. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Uh, on the subject of things you've missed even though you were there, Peter's in Wolverton. Morning, Peter. Peace be with you, brother. Thank you very much. Always gratefully received. Uh, what have you got for us? Um, well, um, being an adopted uh, chappy, um, I tracked my real father down after my uh, stepfather passed on, may his soul rest in peace, uh, to a village in Leicestershire. Yeah. And uh, the way to then um, identify the address is to look at the electoral register which I went into the post office, which was really hustling and bustling at the time, 
and I asked for the electoral register so that I could pinpoint the name and have an address. Uh, that's, of course, if the chap was still alive. Yeah. And um, uh, the lady says, who were you looking for? And I gave her the name, and she says, you've just missed him. He's just walked out the door. He must have walked out the door as I walked in. That's incredible. Mate. So you, you, you would have seen him, but you didn't know? I wouldn't have known, no. Well, no. Did you get the address in the end, Peter? Uh, I did in the end. Uh, he wasn't in, so uh, we had to uh, resume the search uh, a little later, but uh, we did have a meeting. And can I ask, how did that meeting go? Well, what age were you? Uh, I was getting on for 40, and he was uh, coming on for retirement. And uh, I walked up to this gentleman and I said, I'm looking for, and I gave his name. Now, he hadn't seen me since I was three months of age. And he said, you're Peter, aren't you? Peter. My, my hair is standing on my head. Tell, I'm getting the shivers down the back, Peter. This is incredible. And how did it go? I mean, was he pleased to see you? Uh, it well, sounds like he was expecting you at some point. Well, yes, he said that I was expecting you at some stage. Uh, but unfortunately, the wife he married then uh, didn't understand the situation, so uh, that was our one and only meeting. And how did that make you feel? I mean, did he say, look, I can't see you again? No, 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 no. He wrote a very nice letter. Um, but uh, uh, he's still within my thoughts. Um, I would visit the post office on pension day um, about two or three times a year, and... Uh, just watch him and, and keep an eye on him. And I've not, not seen him now for the last three years, so uh, I think he's now passed on. I'm welling up in here, Peter. This is, inc- this is the saddest story I've heard in a long, long time. Well, well I'm, I'm sorry to be so sad. But, no, uh, no, no. Hey, listen, it's an emotion and it's good to feel emotion. So thank you for that. When you found out that he didn't want to see you or he, he was unable to see you, whatever the, however it was phrased... How did that make you feel? Well, I, I did at the time think, um, while I was searching, that it, the worst-case scenario is clear off you, I want nothing to do with you, but at least we had an hour's conversation, and uh, I, I thank the spirits that uh, we, we had an hour together. I found out a little while ago, Peter, that I've got uh, lots of brothers and sisters scattered, uh, well, around the country and around the, uh, around the world that I was was uh, uh, unaware of, vaguely aware of some. And um, when I got back in touch with my dad after not seeing him for quite a few years, I said, Dad, look, I'm, I want you back in my life, but I don't want to know anything about these brothers and sisters. Not interested. Doesn't mean anything to me. And then uh, my dad got very ill. And uh, as a matter of necessity, I ended up meeting my brothers and sisters. And then my dad passed away very sadly last year. Uh, and now I'm so pleased that I've got, well, I've got three extra brothers, one I've not met, one that um, I don't really speak to f- for whatever reason, and I've got two extra sisters. And we're not particularly close, Peter, and we don't, you know, we're not f- on the phone to each other, but we kind of message each other on Facebook, and, and it's just kind of nice knowing that I've got a, 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 at least one extra brother and a couple of sisters out there. It's kind of very comforting. And I'm just trying to imagine... I'm just trying to imagine what it was was like for you, knowing your your dad was out there, but not being able to talk to him. The thought of you standing outside the post office and watching him, that must have been heartbreaking. Well, it it was, um, but it was just something I felt I had to do. Um, Strange, isn't it? The human psyche is really, really odd. Aren't we all messed up? Can I end up with a little joke? Please do, away you go. Um, Genetic uh, engineering can go really wrong, 
Um, I've got a friend who uh, wanted boy, girl. He wasn't uh, too worried, but he had three in the end, one of each. But um, bum, Peter, I'll let you get away with that because that story was cracking. Thank you very, very much indeed. Wow. Oh dear. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Kelly Betts. Can you believe that that came from my award-winning phone-in? I oh, things you're... that you've missed. Okay, we've got the... while you were there. Uh, uh, oh wait. I owe four, you. I five, owe you an nine, apology. Four, I, I won't be doing five, it on air, but five, I will get someone to send you an email. That I don't need an apology. That in itself was apology is, enough. Is enough. There we go. Well, that's that's uh, what a story. Thanks, Peter, for sharing that with us. That, I don't think it is weird to want to just catch a glimpse now and then, to just check up. No, on I don't think it's. I don't think it's weird. I think it's sad that, that his dad felt uh, unable to or unwilling, whatever the situation was, to even say, "Look, I, maybe this isn't right, but you know, why don't you? We can write, or you can phone me every now." I, 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 that's. Hello. You, you know, I mean, that's, I just, I'm speechless, really. Speechless. Families are complicated things. Families are complicated. Families are messed up. I'm doing my best to make sure my family isn't messed up in the future, oh, but listen, it's hard even work. Quote unquote, normal families have they're, their bits. They're all messed up. 08459 455. Uh, 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. If you want to uh, relate to Peter's story, maybe you've got a similar story. Um. <laughs> Then, uh, oh look, Paul Scoynes is sending uh, comments about Peter's joke. What, what a what a r- poor joke, Paul Scoynes. But, but come on, Paul, for goodness sakes, it's the best phone call of the day we've had. We'll, we'll let Peter get away with that. Um, let's have a look, see what we've got here um, on the subject of babies uh, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. Michael in Melbourne. Michael Melbourne. Is he in Melbourne or is that his name? Who knows? He's probably it's probably his name. We didn't know the sex of our children until they were born. Our second child, Lisa, only lived for two hours. However, despite our great sadness, we were lucky enough to have another daughter and were pleased to have a son and daughter, but I'm glad we waited until the birth to know what sex they were. Thank you for that, Michael. I'm very so- uh, sorry to hear uh, about your loss. I can't begin to imagine what that's like. Simon says, we didn't find out the sex, and because I don't like hospitals, I did all the corridor pacing whilst my wife had a C-section, and then the nurse came out and told me our baby was a boy. A very special moment, and it's Harry's sixth birthday tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, Aris says, I wanted a girl when my wife was pregnant, but I have a lovely boy. And that's the thing, you can kind of, I think, it's all right to kind of want... It's imagining and picturing it. Yeah, of course. I, you know, it's kind of, going, yeah, I want a daughter. But then when you find out it's a son, if you then go, oh, that's, I think, is sad. You then go, oh, well, never mind. But you know what? Life is like that. And the things you imagine for your children probably won't happen the way you expect it either. But they'll still be brilliant. Do you know what I'm not looking forward to with kids? I mean, the four and two. One was four this week, one's two next week. In about 11 years' time, I'm going to have two boys who's all like that. And are probably going to be taller and broader than me living in my house. That's why you've got to get them sorted early. Give yourself a chance. I, I, I need some sort of fighting chance. And they're, they're jumping all over me now. Imagine when they're 15. Hey, can we do a bit of rough and tumble? Get out of it, boys. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Last 15 minutes of the show. Two lines free. Now is an excellent time to give me a call. It's a quarter to nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's Alice Glossop with the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting on speed sensors in Hitchin, the A505 is very busy heading towards the town centre. A1M southbound also slow going through the Stevenage junctions 8 to 7. 
in Newport Pagnall. Uh, Rennie Park Road is closed between the A509 and North Crawley Road because of a fire at a warehouse. On public transport, First Capital Connect have possible delays of an hour and a half and cancellations to services between Stevenage and Moorgate. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. It's coming up to 8.46. It's Thursday the 16th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Abuse has been posted on a Facebook page set up to find missing Leighton Buzzard man Neil Devlin. Milton Keynes Council is buying 40 homes at market rate to house the homeless. In football, Manchester City beat Blackburn 5-0 in the FA Cup last night and they go on to meet Watford in the fourth round. 15 minutes of the show before JVS at 9, 08459 455 555. I take back everything I've said. Turns out things you've missed even though you were there is a cracking topic. And we'll take more calls on that and finding out the sex of your baby after the latest weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. We will see a few showers around at times today. Uh, we've got some tracking in from the west. It'll probably be across the three counties over the next couple of hours or so. So yes, some showers, but uh, lots of dry weather around as well. In fact, I think for most of the morning into the afternoon, many places will stay dry, across, especially across parts of Hertfordshire, brightening up quite nicely. Some spells of sunshine and it's mild too for the time of year. We're looking at highs of 9 or even 10 degrees, 50 in Fahrenheit. Into this evening's rush hour, there are likely to be further showers and some of these could be really quite heavy they'll turn quite frequent quite persistent and they'll continue through the course of the night as well so very wet underfoot to start the day tomorrow temperatures down to six or seven degrees tomorrow more showers um, a few brighter spells at times yes some spells of sunshine perhaps still mild longer spells of rain on saturday sunday will be the drier brighter day of the weekend but it will feel just a touch cooler that's the forecast Even Alice Glossop is joining in. We'll find out what she's missed while she, uh, even though she was there, a little bit later on. On Saturday afternoon, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage, Wickham, Luton and Bedford are all in action. Can McGugan finish? Yes, he can! Across the goalkeeper and in for Dean Bowditch! Which means we'll offer you live commentary from the Championship, League One and the Conference. And Stevenage have got breathing space. It's Benson with the second. With reports and updates from League Two and the British and Irish Cup. Great effort, great goal. Stunning, stunning football. The referee has awarded the try and it's Bedford Blues who draw first blood. Hear your local team with Three Counties Sport. Saturday from two, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Um... Let's talk about carry on talking about things that you missed, even though you were there. Oh um, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Uh, let's go to Nigel in Aylesbury. Morning, Nigel. Morning, hello there. No. Yeah, yeah, things that we missed. Yes, even though you were there. Go on, what happened? Yes, I'm um, right, six years old. I was living in Northampton at the time. The school was invited to go to the playing fields to see the Queen arrive, so we went trooping down there. She was arriving at 11. We got there at 10 o'clock. We've driven the flags out. We're standing, shouting, screaming, waiting for her to arrive. She arrives by helicopter. The helicopter lands. Whoa. We get a boss. Well, yeah, I mean, that's exciting. exciting. Yeah, we get the uh, wave of, uh, waving the flag, screaming, shouting, Queen, Queen, you know, all that sort of stuff. The doors open. She goes down the steps. 
She goes into the car. All I see is her feet. No, really? That's it. That's it. How, yeah. Where that, were you? It. Where were you stood? So you only saw her feet then? The were other you... side. The other side of the helicopter. The other side where the door wasn't. What a so miserable old so and so. Do you think, Nigel? It was perhaps because you were shouting Queen, Queen, and maybe she thought <laughs> that was disrespectful. I don't know. I don't know. No, it just happened to be where we were put, weren't it? On the square where the helicopter landed. But I always remember that as like, oh, there was the Queen, and it was the Queen's legs. And ha- then she just have you ever seen the Queen since? No, never. never. I, I've seen the Queen once, and it, it oh, really is. There's something very, very odd about seeing the Queen. It's something odd. It was. I tell you what it was. It was after Diana died, and the Queen. Yes. I think was, was she in Balmoral. I think. And I yeah. had to get a passport done, and it was when the passport office was in Petit France, which was around the corner from Buckingham Palace. Right. I, had, I had to wait for a couple of hours. I thought, oh, I'll go and see, you know, it's a huge historic event. I'll go and see what's happening at Buckingham Palace. Right. And there were thousands of people just stood there silently. They'd all just gathered and stood there silently. And I stood there, and I kind of said to someone, oh, is there anything else happening? They said, oh, I think the Queen's coming back today. It's like, all right, I'll stick around. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And the Queen drove past, right? And it was weird, because normally yeah. when you see the Queen in a car, there's lots of cheering and waving. Of her, and there was none yeah, of it. It was, yeah. it was silent. And yeah, some, no, I remember that, yeah. And some bloke shouted out, I'll never forget, some bloke shouted out, You murdered her! <laughs> so the Queen, I thought, flipping it, she's an old lady. So what I did is I saw the Queen, she drove past me, she looked at me, eye contact, and I waved at her. Didn't know what to do, I waved at her, and she waved back at me. And I oh, felt, no. In that yeah. moment, I felt really sorry for her. Very yeah, yeah. sorry. But it's odd seeing oh, the Queen. On the flip side of that, it's enough to see the uh, cortege going up the M1 towards oh. uh, with Diana's body in there. Yes. So I saw that going up. We were over the bridge by Luton, so I managed to see that. But listen, yeah, that was, uh, Nigel, thank you for that. It's weird to, to forget the. It's, it's odd to try and remember the mood. What am I trying to say? It's easy to forget the weird mood that descended on the country for three weeks, a month, something like that. Oh, it felt forever. It was a very strange mood. It was intense and, and the sort of public mourning that I haven't seen in my lifetime before that point, it, it, it sort of swung around, didn't it? It was very, very odd. I think a lot of people felt guilty because, hey, it was our fault, guys. Well, everyone was buying the papers. They were, everyone liked a bit of Diana, didn't they? Yeah. I saw Diana once in Kensington High Street. Beautiful. Yeah, fit. My friends were in um, Great Ormond Street with their little boy. He was yeah. very, very ill. And she came round on a, an official visit. And then afterwards, she came back without the bodyguards. Yeah. And they've got a Polaroid picture. And she is just the most exquisite-looking woman. She walked past me in Kensington High Street wearing a puffer jacket. And me and my friend went, Oh, there's that woman who thinks she looks like Princess Diana. Flippin' it, that's Princess Diana! <laughs> and she was on her own. And she was crossing the road and she got stuck on a traffic island. And suddenly a crowd started building up. And out of nowhere, three massive blokes appeared either side and behind her and just whisked her away. Incredible to see the machine in operation. Mm-hmm. Incredible. 08459 555 is the uh, telephone number. Uh, Matt, uh, Glenn, I'll come to you in a second. First of all, I want to go to Justin Dealey. Justin, we've been talking uh, about this fire uh, mm. that uh, happened yesterday afternoon, um, and you're now at the site of the fire. Tell us exactly where you are and what's been, what's been happening. Yes, it's uh, Newport Pagnall. Um, our listeners may have seen some of the pictures on our Facebook page or some of the videos as well. It's uh, Rennie Park Road, a warehouse, a huge fire uh, yesterday afternoon. The morning. Uh, the fire is uh, thankfully pretty much out. Uh, a very quick word here with Chris Thompson. Chris, you work at uh, Land Rover, pretty much next door to the warehouse. Describe what you saw yesterday afternoon and, and how scary it was for you. It was very scary and it was a surprise as how quick it actually engulfed in flames. I mean, the flames were 40, 50 foot high, plumes of black smoke. One fire truck arrived 
and the surprise on their face and, and quickly more came because I guess that they knew that they had a, a task on their hands to deal with. I mean, terrifying coming into work this morning as normal uh, the fire's pretty much out are you surprised that that some of that building is still there? Yeah, I, even when we left last night, the flames were still 10 foot high inside the building. I had to go and move my car from the other side. We had to be escorted round for safety and everything else. And as far as I was concerned, I expected it all to be gone. And coming this morning in the front, other than the windows popping out, which would cause a huge bang, I'm, I'm surprised that it doesn't look as though anything happened. Yeah, people have told me about the noise of the windows popping. How bad was that noise? Well, we were told that there were gas cylinders inside and potentially could be hazardous. And when we heard them bang, we thought that that was a gas, but it was just the glass popping out. Okay, thank you very much indeed for your time. Okay. That's uh, Chris joining us live, and some uh, very brief audio coming up here from the fire service, which are, are still here this morning. A moment ago, I spoke to watch manager Steve McIntosh. So, Steve, we're at, uh, at the warehouse. What's uh, the very latest? What can you tell us? Latest at the moment is uh, the situation is under control, and um, we've had a watching brief for the last four hours. And we'll look to reassess it come nine o'clock. So the fire is completely out now? There's still hot spots inside a building, but um, unfortunately we can't get in, can't get too aggressive um, overnight. How much of the building is actually left? As you can see, there's probably about a quarter of the front part of the building and the rest of it is completely destroyed. When we saw the flames on YouTube yesterday, our listeners would have seen the flames on our Facebook page. What was actually burning inside this building? Um, it's all fridges and freezers, packaging and the uh, sandwich papers as well. Okay, and how many people are left here working on the site at the moment? Uh, in terms of uh, fire and rescue staff, we have uh, two pumps here, so approximately uh, ten personnel. And how long do you estimate you're going to be here for? Uh, it's an ongoing operation, so we'll reassess at nine o'clock and we'll have more of an understanding there. Have you been inside with the occupiers yet? Um, no, it's, it's too hazardous to get inside at the moment. Um, so we won't be getting inside for probably at least another couple of hours. Okay, so the very latest is that, yes, it is still smouldering, but everything here is, is totally under control now. That's right, yeah. You're a very busy man. I'll let you get back to work. Thank you very much. Thank you. So the words there of uh, Steve McIntosh, uh, watch manager, certainly uh, seeing those images yesterday. I wasn't expecting uh, what I'm seeing this morning. In his words, everything now here in Newport Pagnell is under control. Justin, thank you very much indeed. I want to try and squeeze in two calls if I can. Glenn's in Leighton Buzz. And Glenn, what have you missed, even though you were there? The drum solo at the Genesis concert <laughs> in Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best bit. Oh, you've that made me chuckle. I was for. Well, well, how, why did you miss that? Did you go in for a wee or something? Well, yeah. I, I, I got to the front and I met this Canadian guy and his mates. And uh, they had quite a bit of alcohol. Yes. So I joined in. Yeah. And uh, somehow I ended up outside Wembley Stadium and they wouldn't let me back in as the drum solo started. You ended up outside? Outside, yeah. I don't know how. You massive plum. Glenn, you silly sock. You ended up outside. I'm cutting you short, Glenn, just because I want to squeeze Matt in loose now. Morning, Matt. Hello there. Matt, what can I do for you? Uh, I'm just thinking about this uh, Twitter and all this. The, the, the abuse the on Facebook and Twitter. And shut it down. Well, why I, people abuse each other and the government is, is allowing it? Well, the thing is, if if the government did step in, that that's kind of what they do in China, and and, <clears throat> and it's you know people. The majority of stuff on Facebook and Twitter is uh, is light-hearted and is friendly. T- 
tiny percentage of it, of it is useful, but the, the, the number of people who are bullies and who are obscene and who are idiots, it is tiny, Matt. It's very, very tiny. And it might be a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to shut them both down because of a very small percentage. Yeah, but it's abusing people again. But if they didn't do it on Facebook and Twitter, they'd, they'd do, do it, it elsewhere. They'd, 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 send, they'd send letters, they'd write it on a wall, they'd, they'd, they'd find another way of doing it, wouldn't but they? Then you threw it, on, you threw it back on my face because you found your family through Facebook, which is brilliant. Well, I didn't technically find them through Facebook, but I, 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 have, I am keeping in contact with, with, with a brother and a couple of sisters, which is... A, so it, it does serve... It can serve yeah. a, a, a decent purpose. But does that warranty allowing these people to carry on as they do, to treat people like dirt and abuse them like this? I know you're saying it's a very small minority, but it, what, it comes to the fore all the time on newspapers, and now you've brought it up on the radio. Matt, are you on Facebook and Twitter? No, S- never, S- never. Well, exactly. I, I'm on Spotify music. Oh, really? Are you really? What was the last thing you listened to on Spotify? Uh, Kenny Rogers I'm into at the moment. Oh, f- fact. Daytime friends and nighttime Daytime lovers. friends and nighttime lovers. That's yeah, a, we, we, you got it. Matt, we're going to play that tomorrow for you, my friend. Thank you very nice much. Nice to talk to you. There we go. A little bit of Kenny. Daytime friends and nighttime lovers. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much indeed. What a lovely uh, note to end on. Not necessarily my singing, but the thought of uh, a couple who are friends in the daytime, but at night time, they are secret lovers. Right, let's get the latest travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. But before we do, Alice, you missed something even though you were there. I did. I missed the middle of the Hobbit film. Uh, I fell asleep. <laughs> I, bet, uh, I, I bet it's really boring, isn't it? There's a lot of... There was a spider bit, I think, and I fell asleep around <laughs> the spider bit. And it says on your Twitter feed... Banging phoning, Kelly. Yeah, definitely. Don't encourage her. What's <laughs> happening on the travel, please? Well, the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. In Marlow on the speed sensors, the A404 is slow in both directions after the roundabout for Bisham. And on public transport, First Capital Connect have possible delays of an hour and a half with cancellations to services between Stevenage and Moorgate. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Excellent stuff, Alice. Thank you very much indeed. That's it. That's your lot. Thanks to everyone who called in. Particularly that call from Peter and Wolverton. That'll be in the podcast tomorrow. JVS is up next from me until six o'clock tomorrow morning. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, is it good or bad news that Britain is losing its military?